hit like on it's the different. fabric. Yeah, yeah. This, oh, yeah. this stops BBs. I mean, and, and he also yeah. told huh. me, I don't care no more. I'm going to just keep shooting. Mm. Yeah, no, and that's when we were, were like, hey, you, come here. We're doing I, uh, I, t- I literally told him, I was like, all right, well, or, or it's a game. Yeah. <laughs> we can, we can yeah. turn the cringe down just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, my God. He got really Air softers are incapable of turning the cringe down. All right, hold on. This is good material. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> We're wasting it on the sound check. Just right so now. everyone's clear, I did hit the record button. For that. Uh, perfect, perfect, oh, perfect. Perfect. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of the Zulu 24 podcast. Wait. Actually, we don't have a name for this podcast still. It's the Unnamed Podcast. It's the Zulu 24 Unnamed Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Dave, Zulu's Dave, whatever you want to call me. I don't care. Um, also, I have to make sure we get a, a shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, Antec Airsoft Studios, this guy. Good with guns, bad with table saws. Also, the Snack Bar. They sell snacks. Uh, also, Zulu Outdoor. It's an outdoor store that's indoor. So it's an indoor-outdoor store. Wrap your head around that. Uh, and also Blue Mag Airsoft. These guys are making BBs. They're trying to make BBs in the United States. Guys are worth looking into. Check them out. BlueMagAirsoft.com. Um, so, guys, welcome. This is uh, episode one. We're going to go around the table and uh, introduce everybody. Uh, let's go this way. We'll <laughs> introduce Zulu staff, and then we'll get into our guests. All right. Uh that makes me first. There you go, Edgar. It's live. Yeah, baby. Uh, Ed. Uh, you pro- if you go to Zulu, you've probably seen me. I've been refing. Uh, I don't know, a couple years now. What, what is it, like 2017, 2018? Sure. Where's Alex? Alex. We started at the same time. When did we start? 2017. Whatever. It's like five, six years. I think. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Six years. It goes fast. Yes, it does. Six years now. That's what airsoft. Uh, does. yeah. I've been playing for longer than that. I actually played in high school. I'm going to say like 2005, six around that time. Yes. My first gun was a SEMA AK. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's fun. I love this hobby. It's great. All right. Next up, we got Anthony from Antec studios. I am Anthony from Antec airsoft studios. I'm the sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've actually been refing for six years. I thought I'd bring that up because he brought... He brought oh, 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 you might yeah, as well. You're just going to copy yeah, so me because I'm smart. I ref for Zulu, and uh, Anthony, I have can you do math? Cool story, cool story. So, <laughs> so uh, without further ado, <laughs> let's jump into our guests here today. Guys, we have... Uh, give a big round of applause. Hi. Uh, no, he pressed, he <laughs> yeah, pressed the wrong button. Wrong button. He pressed the wrong button. Hey. Uh, you got a I, bunch of them in there. I was going to say, you yeah. know, whatever button just uh, is the most anticlimactic yeah. is the correct button. He nailed it. So, yeah. guys, we have Eric and Kyle from Gun Gamers uh, Productions now. Yes. Uh, yeah. Here with Ooh. us in the studio. Uh, guys, welcome. Thank you. To Glad episode to number one. You guys actually signed the flag uh Gun Gamers number one there. Number we one. did. We did. Uh, not because Gun Gamers is number one, because this is episode number one. There you go. <laughs> episode <laughs> number one, season one of a hundred. So Yes. Oh, infinite seasons. Infinite. You just got to gotta convince the network to keep renewing. We're going yeah, right. to have multiple timelines like animes and stuff. Yeah. Season zero. I did not zero. know we were doing seasons. In this, in this timeline, they're, they're episode one, season one. <laughs> 
So, uh, guys, welcome. Like I said, uh, thanks for the you know, How was your trip in? Everything, everything good? Oh, you know, the tri- trip in was uh, as good as it could be. Yeah. Long, long drive, but it was good to do it. You know, the night before as opposed to the day of. Oh yeah, getting up do. at three a.m. No, this was better. Definitely oh, way yeah. better way to do it. Oh, this dude's from Buffalo, actually, so Ugh. he has an even longer drive than I do. So I was just—that was going to be my next question—is like, where are you guys at? Of obviously, you're from Buffalo, Kyle. Yep. Yeah, he's from Buffalo. I'm from uh, Rochester, so right outside Rochester. So, so Buffalo. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> he's like one hour yeah. less travel than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You know, Rochester. Uh, you know, Buffalo invented the chicken wing. Rochester perfected it. Oh. <laughs> like, I'll give you garbage plates. That's what I will give you. I will not give you the wings. <laughs> all right, all right. Shots fired. Shots fired. So, guys, anyway, welcome. Uh, I'm just going to write down the list and make some talking points because this is episode one, so we got to script everything, and this is how it goes. So. Hell yeah. Uh, so. Uh, each of you, you can answer in your own time. Uh, how did you guys start Airsoft? And I feel like every Airsofter has this story, this magical moment where it was like this epiphany of when they were like, this is so much cooler than paintball. Go ahead. So Kyle started before me, so you should go first. Yes. Yeah, so I actually started back in 2004 is when I first started. And how I got into it is it was actually in a gun catalog magazine. I think it was cheaper than dirt. Oh, yes. Way back when, before they were as terrible as they are. But uh, I saw it, and they had Springer MP5s, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) So I got one of those, and since then, it's been a long series of poor financial decisions that have been a lot of fun. And uh, but yeah, I never stopped. I've been continuous since right around 2004. Yeah. So the the, the crippling debt for me as well started with cheaper than dirt. Yeah. And it was a, <laughs> and it was a catalog. Yeah. It was a catalog that you got mailed to your house randomly. Yeah. You're like, I didn't even buy anything from this, and you got this. You this, got it. Yeah. Oh man, you're like, there's 47 pages of knives and shit that I can hang up, hang on my wall. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> So actually, funny enough, I was introduced to Airsoft around the same time as you, but I didn't start playing until later. My brother went on eBay and got, in 2004, I was like 12 years old, and went on eBay and got some of those cheap springers that, you know, people were just importing and wholesaling from China. And he got like a bundle package of those, and him and some of his friends were playing in the backyard. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. So then, you know, when I was 13, I got my first gun, which was a Neon Fire G36C. Oh, boy. It is as bad as you're imagining. <laughs> yes. yes. And, uh, and it was all downhill from there because uh, I was like, man, this is like, I was into shooters. I was into video games and stuff. And I was like, this is like video games in real life. This is sick. And it was actually like, funny enough, like a, a really good transition for like just being a more outdoorsy person in general. It was sweet. Nice. All right. So, look, you guys, uh, let's go over to the origin of gun gamers real quick, man. Let's, let's figure out oh. where this started. And, and uh, you know, you guys have a, a, a YouTube uh, page and yeah. you got a podcast and now you're into producing. So so describe to us and the listeners, you know, how that 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 process started. Like, how, do, how did you get big on YouTube? Because you have more subscribers than we do on YouTube. I, right. I mean, we're, we're tiny fish in the grand scheme of the YouTube game. But what, I, what I'm actually, like, always kind of touched by is, like, we have a lot of really long time subscribers who are guys that like we, we see at games and stuff. So that, yeah. that's really cool. That, that to me is the cool part, but it started uh, actually with uh, Kyle and I, and another friend of ours named Ian, uh, not this Ian who's like here with us, but another Ian, yep. uh, the better Ian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he knows where he's <laughs> <laughs> right out of the bus. He doesn't have a glorious beard. So, you know, uh, 
Oh, that, but, um, that's valid. So the three of us, uh, we, we enjoyed like doing the YouTube thing and the uh, and doing all that stuff together. And I, I had initially been posting here and there some stuff on an old YouTube page that I had. And then I kind of thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, now I kind of want to do like more of a project that we can all collaborate on that like is a team effort. And it started with the three of us. Yep. And, you know, then obviously we were doing articles. We were doing a blog at the time. Uh, you know, nobody reads those. So the video content just took over eventually. <laughs> um, and what really became interesting was when it started snowballing. Yeah. Because we started in July of 2015. So it's going to be eight years of Gun Gamers this July, which is crazy. Good for you. Um, but we, uh, we went to a game. And a couple of people who were from Rochester at that game, uh, this was Red Storm East at the Scranton Lace Factory oh, back shit. in 2015, if anyone remembers yeah, I that. was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. You do remember oh, nice. I bought my mouth guard at that game. Guess what mouth guard I still have? Nice. Uh, it's disgusting. I still, still uses it. It is like. <laughs> so I still have no meniscus in my uh, left knee from that yeah. game. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you're a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> An airsoft veteran, yeah. I guess. It counts. It counts. Just, oh, talk to, just talk to the VA. You'll be fine. Bad knees. Oh. Bad knees. Bad, bad Does Milson West have a VA that I can talk to? It's it's the BA. The BBA. Ooh, there we go. Ooh, there it is. Right. Yeah. Um, you got to show them their BB-214. <laughs> <laughs> You just got these ready. You got these ready. Catch me off guard. Oh, man. I can't take credit for that. I think I heard uh, uh, Periano say that one. Time. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah no, he, yeah. he would have yeah. been yeah. better. I, yeah. Yeah. I hear it. I hear it. Oh, God. Yeah. I need to play with Periano more. But um, <laughs> he's ours. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we went to that game, and some other dudes from Rochester were there. And. Uh, like we were just kind of talking with them, you know, after the game. And one of them was like, oh, well, I've been doing like uh, writing on this thing. So, you know, do you mind if I hop it? And literally it just started from that point on where like now we've got like that was Garrett, that who was is going to be yeah. one of the commanders at attrition now. Yep. Uh, and we've got like this whole group that's just snowballed as this amorphous mass of a blend of airsoft team and media project that has never really been fully separate. Sure. Yeah, so, it's pretty much always been together since day one. It, that's just how it is. And then we found people locally who we got along with, and it just, we blended together, and we all had like, hey, I want to talk about this. Hey, I want to talk about that. And we just did all kinds of different projects. So more from my own curiosity, like what, when was that pivotal point? Because, I mean, you guys legitimately have like 40,000 subscribers or something? 30,000. 30, oh, only 30. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Zulu just passed 1,000. I was actually going to put the... Uh, the first 1,000 of the hardest. I, I was going to put the YouTube button on the wall, which is going to be a piece of cardboard. That I, <laughs> like, 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 right? uh, so what was that pivotal thing that like pushed you out there? I mean, th there had to have been one pivotal thing. In terms of video or like like one video that went viral or, or, or whatever? I would say the video that a lot of people probably know us from at this point is going to be the M4 mid-cap test oh, yeah, that, that I huge. did in 2017. Okay. Uh, that one is like one of the... Because, the, I mean, literally, it's our most viewed video. Um, yeah, so that, that video is definitely the one that like really put us on the map as like, oh, hey, these guys like do good work. Uh, but then also there's just been the consistent, you know, we talk about 
game design and we talk about uh you know the different ways that games do things for different reasons we talk about uh you know the pros and cons of different formats uh we did the speed sim series for a long time where we talked about you know the differences between speedsoft and milsim trying to like you know guide speedsoft more in the you know competitive direction of like hey yeah build a competitive thing and do your competitive thing and like it doesn't have to be this like weird edgy dumb thing it can be like this really cool competitive esport almost in real life and uh and it was i think that those things have been uh really just that consistency of being around for so long going to so many games i I don't even think we have you know videos that in the grand scheme of things have gone that viral like our most viewed video i think is like one hundred fifty thousand views (laughs) um so i've got your channel pulled up yeah your m4 midcap video has one hundred fifty three thousand views followed up by your comparison the simon ldt ak's that's got 140. But Jordan, then Jordan third video being speed sim. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Jamie, pull up pull up Zulu's best video. <laughs> oh, on YouTube, it's actually the yeah. short of the kid being safety killed from behind outside of the Moss two story building. It okay. has 350 thousand views. I'm sorry, we win. I mean, that, we, that's, we win. Good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Man. I'm uh, sorry. I I, I really we're going it. for clout. Uh, my personal best video has 650,000. That's uh, really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a line cause video from a shopping mall 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, the old line. Oh, those were some crazy. Awesome. Yeah, videos. we went to that shopping mall game in Milwaukee. Yeah. Just the 25-minute raw GoPro video, 600,000 views. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Also, I thought the difference between Millsimmers and Speedballers, or what's it called? Speedsoft. Speedsoft. Speed Pokemans. Oh, sorry. Boy. I'm not going to correct anyone's terminology. Was um, dick size, I think. We're past five minutes? To be wow. clear, yeah, boys, we, we are, are 15 minutes in. You are good to go. 15 minutes in, baby. I... You I can mean, still bleep that though if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, we'll I mean, see how it goes. Know, I, Damn. I, I'm 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 much more on the. Guilty. No, that was the that was the that was the spark. To the <laughs> I was just okay. trying to get I was trying to get a reaction on that. <laughs> I'm I'm much more on the obviously like the Milsim side and everything because sure. I I prefer like tactical games. I prefer uh, I, honestly I'm like really larpy too. Like Milsim West Insurgency and Survive Omega. Like those are my jam. Like I love to larp and oh, be weird. Um, but that I would say that like you know, a breakdown of our different uh, videos that, you know, are the top three most viewed, I think goes to show our appeal is we make our bones and like people subscribe to us because we do some more intensive technical and breakdown discussions that a lot of people, you know, it's weird. And it's, it's not like the highest production quality. I'll be the first person to say that, but you're not going to get the information condensed anywhere else. Like we do it. And I, and I like being that niche even if it's not the most like commercially successful sure 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 so now all right so that covers the youtube and you guys do a podcast as well yeah that's uh ian actually produces that uh we're going to be getting back into that uh once he gets back from working for the government (laughs) go take our job for the government good benefits and then uh and now and now you guys have stepped into the you've dipped your toes into the producing kyle can speak a lot to how that started yeah because um i've been producing games since like 2008 i would say Mm -hmm. and i always did local games and uh, i really enjoyed it and i had a lot of fun with it and i learned a ton through the process of doing local games versus trying to step too big too fast and eventually we started going to bigger and bigger games because we all start out just doing local stuff and we did one national game that was fun we started doing more and more and we're like eventually i was like you know what i think we can do this i think i because we became frustrated actually there were some events we went to and we're like they didn't do a good job from the design side 
that it was frustrating because of that. And I said, we can do better than that. And then I just badgered him for years <laughs> until eventually he's like, fine, we'll give it a try. And then that's where we are now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's a disparaging, and I learned this last year uh, at Zulu, um, there's a disparaging amount of complacency Yes, happening in the airsoft industry, and um, and it needs to change. And I recognized it last year, and and moving forward this year, I'm actually changing my whole op tempo and and slowing it down. I mean, I could have I could have two ops outside produced ops every month at Zulu, but I'm sure you could. It's not. It wouldn't be healthy. It's not good for anyone. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys have had experiences at the field refing for producers. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I, I'm not not gonna name names. Uh, there's sometimes there's ops that come in and we're we're just like we we could have done better with just like a open play. Yeah, mm-hmm. we could have like and and not only that like the people that are here are having a bad time. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like I don't know. Well, a lot of people they think when they're just running a small game of like. 10 on 10, 20 on 20, and it works really well, they think that they can just multiply that out and they won't have any problems and they don't oh, realize that's not how that yeah. works and then they don't have the experience to go in and know how to fix it. Well, then not only that, but it's like some people have a great idea for an op yeah, and it, and it would work in yeah. any sense of work, but they don't know how to park players, yep. get them to Chrono, oh, yeah. have them just, sign waivers, yeah. get them, you know what I mean? like, read an insurance I, policy. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Good luck with that. Very so it's like, it's like, man, your idea is great, but your execution is garbage before they even get on the field. So the player's are already having a bad time exactly. before they even get on the field, which, which then only multiplies. You know, I went to an op, I hate to say it, at, at EMR for a different producer I won't name, and it was it was kind of that similar thing, and like the game started. I'm not even kidding. The game started. Mario and I took two steps out of our starting point and heard across the field somebody yell, "Call your hits!" Oh God! <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know where the other team is right now. Yeah. Who is like? Are they shooting each other? And then it was like, "Call your hits! Call your hits!" And and literally the entire weekend. I don't know what is in Pennsylvania water. But the entire weekend was people just yelling, call your hits, which then the perception of people not calling, it was like, it was insane. So like snowballs. So because, and that was solely, in my opinion, because leading up to stepping, leading up to game on, people was a nightmare. Yep. It was a nightmare. Like it's organized. The only reason why I, I went through it is because I own a field and I understand the struggles of like the admin part of it. Yep. And so I was like, maybe this is their first event. It turns out it wasn't the first event. Yeah. You know, maybe that was their first event and they're just, they're, they're getting it out. And also like, I'd like to consider myself a little bit more of a mature airsoft player. So I understand the, the, the bullshittery of airsoft. So I yeah. can, I can yeah. let a lot go. And a lot of people can't. No. Well, and, and, uh, and what we've observed <laughs> is we have a very noticeable uh, trend. Uh, Kyle is going to hundred percent agree. Cause this is a, uh, this is a scientific observation that we have uh, patented at gun gamers. So if, uh, if you cite this, you owe us a nickel, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, generally speaking, uh, players always get more mad, the more hot and the more angry they oh, get. Yeah. So yeah. what we generally notice is 
the salt levels just going up as the day goes on. Oh, we yeah. call it, we call them electrolytes now. <laughs> uh, electrolytes. <laughs> well, okay. Well, well I'll, I'll I'll work that into our scientific parlance. Uh, electrolyte levels increase in direct relation to the amount of tired and sad that people are. Yeah, they just uh, need a little nap. And when people are tired and sad before the game starts, because like you don't really know what you're doing. That's an immediate bad place to start. Yeah. And, and and I do feel for, you know, inexperienced producers because obviously I got very lucky that I started producing games with Kyle at his place that he was running games. And he, like, walked me through every step of the process. And that was, what, 2013 was my Yeah, was yeah. around there, yeah. Yeah, I'd been, like, working games with you a little yeah, bit a little here bit. and there. But, yeah. but then, like, my first top-to-bottom game I designed that we ran together was 2013. And luckily I've had, you know... 10 years of experience now to be like, okay, here's roughly how you do it. And obviously we're still always learning and workshopping and you should always have a growth oriented mindset. You never know everything. Uh, but some people are very complacent. And I, I think that comes down to not having a growth oriented mindset because they're comfortable right now because they're still selling tickets. But as the level of quality starts to go up with competitors, that's when you're going to really have to be like, Hey, what am I doing? That is not working. And you need to look at that. Yeah, and I apply that same mindset to Zulu itself, right? Like, we can never be complacent. I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but we get a lot of compliments on our field, right? It's I mean, just, you deserve them. It, it, <laughs> it's the way it is. But we got like five negative reviews. That's right. Yeah. I forget. I One of them is them. like they were yelled at for having to put their iPro on. Or That's right. Oh, wow. So, so How I can dare never. You? Yeah, that was one of the bad. Enforcing reviews. safety. This is bullshit. Yeah. How dare you? I thought um, this was America. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make me wear iPro. Not this is America. This is America. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm constantly um, thinking. I'm, I'm basically a year ahead in my mind, you know, oh, yeah. with, with what I want to do, uh, seeing current trends. And, um, I mean, seeing current, this is part of the podcasting, right? Um, but also with, with the field and building the field and also expanding the field, which, you know, will come if I can <laughs> play my cards, right? Um, if no we, spoilers. Yeah. It, only because it's expensive. Yeah. And it's only because <laughs> it's not, I haven't talked to the right people yet, but, but when I do, uh, it could potentially double, Zulu size potentially. Ooh, that'd be exciting. That would be sick. And it would be all woods. Yeah. So also sick. So it'd be like you know yeah it'd be some good stuff. Uh, that's probably like two years away. But uh, but always like but but never I try to never be complacent. Right. Every time I go there or every time I'm in the shower, you know, when you have shower thoughts or whatever. Oh yeah. You know, I'm always thinking about what we can do better. And and uh, and you have to apply that same thing to producing, which is why actually last year I canceled Blood Diamond. Our op, our event. Because, I recall that because I was like, you know what, it's the same event. Yep. For five years, I've done the same event. You know, yeah, we pull four hundred people for that game, but is it really that good? No. Like, and and I hate to say it, but like, you know, other producers that have worked with in the past, they they've shown me like, hey, this is what we're doing. This, and I'm like, oh, well, we still just flip flags. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just green versus tan. You know, so it made me come outside that bubble and be like, oh, hey, I don't want to be, you know, part of this, you know, because the only people that are going to move forward are the guys who are innovating. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? There's still a lot of really big people who only flip flags, and it's yep. interesting. There's some big people that do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really big, really big. Once people start recognizing that formula, they're just like, oh, man. this is kind of stale, you know? I mean, I don't want to. Well, I'm, I'm the, gonna because like you know like it's hard to change the formula too 
if it works, if it pays the bills. It, it, it's well, what people know. It, well, yeah, it works, it yeah. pays the bills for now. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And then and then it's like, there has to be some incentive on the player end to, to go and do something. Yeah, but your only trade-off with, with, with changing up the status quo, your only trade-off, right? You have potentially better gameplay, but the only absolute trade-off that you're going to have is players bitching. Like, I feel <sighs> like in the, in, in the mid to late 2000s, uh, you know, what we had of Airsoft on the internet was basically marketing Milsim or Speedsoft. Like, those yep. two yes. branches of Airsoft really developed because of how, you know, those are the videos that got sensationalized. Those are the play styles that were predominant. Those are the products that were, you know, the products were catering to yep. those types of play styles. So having another type of way of playing Airsoft or some reason for it to market is extremely important my and, hot take is that milsim versus speedsoft is a false dichotomy absolutely well infinite, you guys yeah. have a couple of interesting ideas uh and it kind of falls into what i've been seeing with some gun tubers is they're getting into airsoft with using it as training training yourself testing yourself so real quick before we proceed uh jamie let's take a quick coffee break <laughs> oh, yeah. you got it boys. and we're gonna pick it back up on the dichotomy of <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen just a couple quick announcements on the zulu side of the house um, got some good news and some bad news. It's unfortunate, man. Inflation is, has, has gotten us all. So unfortunately, Zulu will be raising its price to $35 only for the summertime season. So that's from Memorial Day to Labor Day. However, we finally won the iPro battle. The battle is over. We can finally wear shooting glasses of the following brands. We can do Oakley, ESS, and some Wiley X. For the time being, you do not have to wear the stupid uh, Hilo kit that doesn't do anything anyway. However, you must wear a retention strap. I say again, you must wear a retention strap. We got to take, we got to take what we can get, you know, with these insurance companies. But they finally come around. Um, so we got ESS, Oakley, and Wiley X. They must be those brands, not the bullshit knockoff brands. Uh, and you can wear them at Zulu 24. And that's for open play, baby. Let's get back to the podcast. Uh, so you were talking about the dichotomy between uh, Speedsoft and... Uh, well, yeah, I, I think I think it's a false dichotomy. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, that's something that, like, a lot of people have pushed is like, oh, well, you're either playing Milsim or either playing Speedsoft. And I'm like, okay, but why? Like, there's no inherent limitations on this gaming system of Airsoft. It's literally just the rules that we create and the experiences that we curate and it can be any number of things to provide any number of experiences i think a lot of people have been trying to pursue the same relatively few experiences and i think that you know what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring things to almost applying a more tabletop mentality to the way we design airsoft games where it's like okay now you have inventory management to worry about with you know your ammo limits and everything now you've got uh you know this different aspect of the challenge to it like you're talking about with uh with it being 12 hours continuously and you have to carry all your stuff which obviously there's event producers do 40 hour games and they're a whole different level of challenge but maybe you try our game realize you like that challenge then you want to try something like that well you, you know what like uh, okay so I'm about to go, is it going to be like a hot take, a little mm -hmm. bit of a hot take here, uh, only I because I'm talking about John Bucarelli and fucking Black Sheep and, mm -hmm. and, the bull, oh. and the bullshit that he pulled, right? We all remember that. However, I will say this, not giving him any sort of credit, but the 24-hour game that he used to run was awesome. 
it pushed the limits of what people expected out of airsoft especially at the time. then it did. at the time it definitely especially did. then and it was and it was the 24 hours that also included the night you know what i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like he did 9 a.m to 6 p.m yep. like it was the whole thing and um and i feel like in airsoft right now in terms of events we've got like like some hella casual events, right? Where you get a hotel and whatnot. And then we've got 40 hours. We don't have that middle ground, which is just 24 hours straight, which is still amazing. Like, like that's a long time to be pushing. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, We just don't have that right now. Yeah. I mean that, to be honest, that would be something that I would be interested in potentially expanding into, but we wanted to perfect as much as possible our format within the 12 hour span. Cause you know, another thing that we identified is like, you know, there's some like the 40 hour games, you know, I love Milson West. I love survive Omega. I love those guys. I love those formats, but a weakness of that is that you're taking Friday, Saturday, Sunday out on the airsoft field, and then maybe Thursday and Monday to travel. And it's a lot, it can be a lot for people. So we wanted to try to do, okay, let's condense things down to basics and do the best one day of airsoft gaming that we can and try to get people as much of a challenge as we can. Cause we try to keep like a very high operational tempo. We try to keep things moving. We try to have it where there's a new challenge, like every couple of hours and you're never, you know, you'll obviously have time to like not die, but, uh, <laughs> but, but we do want to push people to be like, this is as much as you can do in one day uh, within some certain constraints that just make the game more interesting. Sure. Sure, sure. But so 24 I mean, hours is definitely a spot that like also needs filling. Oh, man, it's like a yep. good medium. That's like right when people want to quit at like MSW. Yeah, I mean, yeah. imagine. Yeah. imagine. <laughs> Honestly, there's a lot of people I would at MSW who like to quit at 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was you just about to say. The there's people at MSW who to like say. to quit at 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric, can you see your hands? Dude, I can never see my hands, but I just push through anyway. <laughs> but look, if you make it through the first night of Milsom West, you've made it through the game. After that, it's an easy yeah. shot. Yeah. Literally, yeah. yes. That is the biggest hump. It's the, always the biggest hump. I mean, it, we've done this stuff. All of us have done. Probably not you. But ooh. all of us have done this stuff multiple times in nope. many different settings. I've done it once. Yeah, you've done it once. Um, and it's, oh, it's always that first night. It's always that yep. first night where you're just like, why? Why do I why, pay to come why out did here? I do that? Oh man! You're so, just like, ugh. I have two instances in my life where I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yes. And one, and Edgar, you'll understand this, was Defense Week in SOI. Yes. 100%. When it rained and you're living in a fucking hole and oh, all this shit. Yes. The other one was Ball Car One. Was that Ball Car One? Yeah, that's Ball Car One. That was. That sounds worse. When you guys talk about that, it sounds worse. <laughs> It sounds no, weird. it wasn't worse, but no. but it was like I don't know the way you talk about it. It was weird. managed expectations times a thousand, and it was like <laughs> so. So I had done this was my first Milson West ever, and I was like reading into it coming out of the military. So I was like, this is basically a training op. This is so cool, right up my yeah. alley. And also, I'm a marine, so big and tough, and all this stuff. <laughs> and uh, and so I made like map overlays for my Garmin GPS so that I could literally see the Milson West map on my Garmin and navigate that way and. You know, you, you you step off, you get ambushed. It's forty degrees. You're raining, and then you roll through big piles of or big puddles of water and whatnot. Finally, we get up to where we need to be. Um, we start setting up camp. I I realize that you shouldn't have black, um, five fifty cord. 
Ooh. because under red light it's invisible, oh. and when it's raining you're miserable. And like so, so from there on out I had neon orange. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this, you know. Uh, but there was this guy, uh, Dan Down, or oh, no, not Dan. Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, he was with us, and he was like my savior because he brought a bigger tarp than I did. And we like, <laughs> like are you talking about Anthony? Oh, Anthony, that's right, yep. Anthony. Anthony looks at me and he goes, "We should go hit him tonight." And I was like, "I don't give a fuck about airsoft right now. <laughs> I'm trying to survive. Like, yep. I am so it's forty degrees. Like, like I agree with you, Dave from Dave from any time past ball car one, right? I would have been like, yes, because you could have made the entire team quit right then and there. I don't know if 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 the staff would have let us go out because it was so dark. I mean, we all had night vision, but it was so dark and night vision didn't matter. But but if we would have hit them that night, oh, the morale the game would have been over. Yep, like over. Uh, but but between those two times, that's the only two times in my life where I was just like, yeah, I'm done. Like like, like yeah, like holy, I didn't physically leave because I can't do that. Um, for context, though, with Ball Car One, it was raining so badly we were taking our nods off. You couldn't see. Yeah, it was so dark with the rain that we realized when we woke up in the morning we were pulling security in the wrong direction. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Jesus, that's right. It was. And it didn't. It didn't matter. It yeah, didn't no, it didn't nobody matter. was going. You in. were not moving that. Night. It didn't nobody fucking matter. Man, nobody I, was attacking anybody that night. Yeah, Ball Car One is one of the games I did miss, unfortunately. But Ball Car Two was sweet. And uh, and I did go to Arctic Saratov. That was a fun. Oh, we did that too. Oh, we call that Saratov Siberia. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Arctic yeah. Saratov is for real ones. Yo. <laughs> yeah. That was another one that was just like I'm just trying to survive. Like yeah. <laughs> we actually uh, we were. Oh, I'll never forget this. So I missed that. Oh man. Mm. Yeah, I remember you guys talking about that, dude. Too. So so I was we were like sleeping in the house. Well, actually, we fought because we're like we're not sleeping outside. So we fought, fought, and fought to take over the little town. And then we got inside the house, and I laid down, and there was like a breeze somehow coming through this house, hitting me in the face all night. So I was freezing. And then I was like, I'll just get up and wait for the sun to rise, because when the sun rises, you can feel the sun hit you in the face, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, that didn't work. Motherfucker. That's, that sun, <laughs> that sun rose, and I stared at it and stared at it as if, as if the sun rays going to hit you. As if the sun rays were doing 30 miles an hour from the sun. So it was going to take a minute, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like, oh, the sun's up here, but it's coming. Yeah. You know? And it never did. And it was so, the most demoralizing thing I've ever experienced. I was just like, So here's the funny the thing I slept outside for all of Arctic Saratov. I never slept in a building because I was a militia. It didn't matter. It didn't and, and I honestly think the people who slept outside had a better time because I think the buildings with like the metal and everything, yeah. I honestly think they conducted the cold. Oh, yeah. Whereas we would sleep outside in big cuddle puddles, and uh, and that was honestly better. <laughs> so about I think it was uh, halfway through Saturday, right? We got this smart idea. No, I got the smart idea. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. I went into the Connex boxes, and you know solar heat gain, right? There's there's windows there, and so the the Connex boxes felt a little bit warm, slightly warmer, and yeah. it was like yeah. uh, sweet, man. 
So I went in there and, you know, all these guys will attest, like when they went in there, it was warmer and we all bedded down for the night. Well, what well is that was a mistake. What does metal do at night? When yeah. <laughs> yeah, it became, it became a refrigerator. It became a freezer, an oh. industrial freezer. I mean, that game got down to what, like 18 oh. degrees Fahrenheit? Yeah. It never got above like 22 or something. It was ridiculous. It was great. That was a, that was a great game. <laughs> Actually, the, the last day was fun, though. Yeah, no, yeah, dude, that that whole game to me was like honestly peak Milson West. I love that game. Great. Guns, my gun like snapped in half in that game. It's fucking great. I, a game like Milson West, it took me so long to just play my first one because of all the shit I had to buy just to be the, able to play. Milson West requires more kit than anywhere else by a huge margin. I never owned a ruck. You know, I had a, I had a, bu- I had to get a bunch of outdoor stuff. Even Marino, Sam, even Marino Wolf socks. I didn't even have the right socks. It's so. okay if we call them backpacks. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I have backpacks. Let's yeah. be real. I have backpacks. Like, I didn't have like your, a ruck. I, well, your ruck for that last one was a day pack. Yeah. It was a, in a, a Well, because then you get too comfy yeah. and you're yeah. like, oh, well, now I know everything I need and everything I don't. And then you've got like me. I just had like my day bag from yeah. pill people gear that yeah. just had all my sleep gear in and it. Then, like, that's perfect. And then you night vision, that. you know, I, I was fortunate enough to borrow night vision from a friend, but I mm-hmm. like had to buy a whole helmet set up, which I never had a need for to play airsoft prior to that. So just getting over that hump, just to have that experience of being miserable. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it is, it is. It's a test of, uh, how much misery you can, you can go <laughs> Right? Milson West is like trauma, except it's like Stockholm Syndrome. Because yeah. the first one you go yeah. to, you're like, this yeah. is terrible. And then like three days later, you're like, that was awesome. Yeah, no, 100%. It's that, like- is, that is every 40-hour game I've ever been to, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. like I always joke. Oh, should I say this? I always joke that I'm a John Liu player through and through. You know, play a little bit, go home at night, go to, go to a hotel with running water, shower, and all this stuff. I mean, my pride doesn't let me do that, but that's in my head. I'm like, oh, this would be great. That's and it's like, is. it's like every 40 hour game, Grimnir or, or, yeah. or West I still or need to get to a Grimnir. Yeah. Oh, they do good stuff. No. Yeah. And, so, I li- and I like those guys. It's just always been like it's on our a problem of scheduling. Yeah. So, um, well, I got something to tell you later on. Oh, um, cool. so like three quarters of the way through the game, I'm always the same. I'm always like, why the? I'm almost 40 years old. <laughs> I did this stuff for real. Why am I doing? Because you're like you're sleep deprived. You're you, you know your knees hurt. Oh you know, well my knees hurt. You know, and you're just like ah, like what? What am I doing this for? But then as soon as the game ends, you're like, man, that was a great time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're just like, like oh man, yeah. that was a good one. Yeah. I'm, I'm Remember that bad. one time when we did the thing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it again, like I, I don't want to get into psychology with all this, but it's you know, it's just you suffering with the boys. Well, it, I think it really is. You no, suffer really with is. the boys. I was so excited. Accurate. I was so excited. My one MSW I played, I didn't suffer at all. Everybody's oh. complaining walking up the hill. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I, I can't. Compl- like, we're gonna get them. We're gonna get them. I can complain you're in about shape. you for hours, Anthony. I can mm-hmm. complain about you for hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my thing with like games like that is, <laughs> and this is like what we try to step into with Gun Gamers Productions, right? Is like that's when it makes games more challenging than your typical open yes. play or yes. typical like two day mill sim with breaks. It's where you get into, okay, now I actually have to know. What do I need to be outside for this amount of time? How best can I carry it? How best can I manage myself? How best can I get myself into a condition, get my kit into a spot where I'm happy with it? And I think challenging yourself in that way in like what is essentially 
a live action gaming environment. I, it's LARPing. Let's, let's oh, be yeah. honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. But, but you challenge yourself in those ways by playing those roles. And then it teaches you something that, you know, then gets you into whole different avenues of experience that you can open up to. It, it's awesome. I, I think it's really unique, the gift we've been given with Airsoft and games like Milsim West that teach you how you can manage yourself and teach you how you can build up to be a better outdoorsman, honestly. Yes. Well, and also, too, if you, if you really think about it, man, I'm about to make a huge generalization here, and it's going to get me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, go on. Go the, the average, oof, airsofter, like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. It's like the toughest shit they've ever fucking done, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. But you compare it to, like, a through hiking or mountaineering oh, or backpacking trip, and it's nothing. It's nothing, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like nothing. So, so, so in a way, like, like that type of experience actually like gains you some sort of like street cred, you know, in the airsoft community and whatnot. And I hear people throw that stuff around all the time. But also, yeah. let's let's divert from your competitors here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so actually, fun fun fact, Milson West. I would not consider that I'm that I'm a competitor. Because you're better than them. Is that what you're just saying right no, here because, live on the first episode of the Twenty Four Podcast? Because more than anybody else in the industry, Josh has been a supporter. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Like 100%. he is, he has oh, yeah. actually been an incredible supporter, like not just of like gun gamers and gun gamers productions, but also like a really good friend to yeah. us in general. Yes, so Matt's shout out to Josh. You know what you did. So you're going to stab him in the back and be the better producers. What you just said to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Listen, no I one didn't out, expect that. No one out Milsim's Milsim West. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're going to do it's our in the thing. Name. And <laughs> Every single aspect. All right. So God. I want to jump back to this topic because um, I suffer from the opposite of this. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, th I think I thought I once saw something uh, with you talking about uh, your weight loss journey and then incorporating Airsoft into that. Yeah. So uh, fun fact for podcast listeners who maybe don't know, I used to be like 350 pounds. You're seven foot tall. If you were 300 pounds, <laughs> you would be a fucking giant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm six, three, not seven foot. But uh, but yeah, I, uh, I used to weigh like 350 pounds. I was... Uh, I was like lifting, but I didn't really like take care of myself that well. So I was really like just hefty, fat, like typical like gamer dude, right? Like I lived in my parents' basement. It was really all the stereotypes. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> you but, wear diapers? Uh, no, no diapers. Luckily, oh, uh, damn. diapers are expensive. I'm trying to bring a way better comeback story if you were in diapers, dude. Right? That would have <laughs> been the bottom. I'm uh, trying to bring diapers back. <laughs> that would have been a climb. They well, were. you know, if you wait long enough, we'll all be in diapers again eventually. You're yeah. right, and then yeah. we'll do yeah. a yeah. podcast. Oh, this would be great. <laughs> yes. The piss our diaper podcast. <laughs> yeah, just from the retirement home. <laughs> if you're in a diaper on uh, Firewatch, you're uh, you're a better Firewatch. Right? You don't have to go take a picture. Nice. Anyway, this man's using his whole brain. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. 90% right uh, there. But yeah, so so I was like very out of shape. And, you know, I, I was still playing Airsoft, but then, uh, God, I want to put a year to it. I want to say like 2013, was 2014 probably? Actually, probably 2014. Where I lost all the yeah. weight. Uh, but, you know, I, I was kind of like, I was doing the Airsoft thing. I was doing, uh, I was, you know, I was lifting and whatnot. But then I had like a life insurance physical and the life insurance physical was like, oh, actually, like all of your biometrics are really, really good, like borderline athletic tier range. I'm like, so what am I doing? Like, why am I fat? So, <laughs> wow. So I, I started. Uh, so I started actually like calorie counting and and exercising more. And honestly, like a big part of the motivation for that 
was airsoft because then obviously as I lost weight, I could buy more gear and I could oh. look sexier and I could do oh, more stuff. Yeah. Well, well, 98% of airsoft is looking good, but yeah. it's a fashion exactly. show. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a fashion show, 100%. Yeah. Actually, I've actually seen an airsoft fashion show and it made me want to shoot myself in the leg. <laughs> I can imagine. Was that the one in Canada a million years ago? Ooh, it was a million years ago. Yeah. So it probably was. Yeah. Was it the one that uh, Chris Costa did in Japan? No. I, I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. There's that one, too. <laughs> Oh, that man. one was sponsored by Red Wolf. Oof. Oh, God. Uh, money yeah. money changed hands on that one. I, I mean, yeah. you know what? Secure the bag, King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that was like, you know, Airsoft, I wouldn't say was my primary method of losing weight. Sure. But I do think Airsoft is one of those inspirations for, because, you know, for me, especially when I was younger, I didn't go outside that much. I, I was a I was a weird gamer kid. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really do that well, but I grew up kind of in the airsoft scene and got very interested in the outdoors in that way. Yeah. And as I got more interested in that, I was like, okay, well now I can really research like nutrition and calorie counting and like not kill myself with being too fat. So it was uh so it was a really good like almost awakening over the last several years where I really like started undertaking a fitness journey because I just got more into going outside and and doing more stuff. And now I'm like trying to become an Adirondack 46er. So I've been doing uh I've been doing a bunch of uh mountains. I've got really into bouldering and rock climbing lately. Uh goal of mine this year is to get outside and do some of the faces in the Adirondacks with a harness. Uh so it it's all stuff that I couldn't have done, you know, if I was the same person I was 10 years ago now. And it's been really cool. Well, what's crazy is that it sounds like you, you have been the same person. It's just like you needed that, that nudge or that interest in that one thing. And then you're mm -hmm. kind of, uh, well, I don't want to say you're kind of like me because I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the opposite weight journey. The more I play yourself, the fatter I get. So it's like it's like a whole it, goal. It's but never it's never too late. No, it's like a whole goal. It's uh, I want to be I want to be forklifted out of the side of the house when they like. <laughs> it's like a goal, right? They're gonna forklift you on the field. We'll have special um, okay, rules guys. for you. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, guys. So everybody, call their hats. Like I'm just like like. I, I need three taggins to be disabled in my wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Peak airsoft is when you're like old and can't walk, and so you just call yourself the commander and stand yeah. behind everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I got a joke. I can't. <laughs> um, oh boy, <laughs> I can't get my mind off it now. Uh, but anyway, you sound like the type of person where it's like you don't dabble in things; you just like like dive head first. And so you probably yeah. you probably had that mentality for whatever it was keeping you inside. I'll just make a wild guess and say video games, right? Yeah. So you were probably like the best at those, and then you were like, wait, I also like this other thing, and so you dove head first into yeah. that, and then dove head first into. So I mean, I get it. Well, and if anything else, I actually think what was transformative was that, you know, my one of my dreams, right, when I was a kid was I wanted to I actually wanted to, like, write and design video games. Uh, but I realized I suck at math and coding is uh, is coding is hard. So now I'm like, oh, everyone did the physics coding for me. I can just run games in real life. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's how nature did that. That's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about your first event as Gun Gamers Productions. It was Overture. Uh, when was that? That was July 30th. Of July 30th. And that was that Skirmish? Yes. yes. All right. So that was your first event. Uh, take us through that. What lessons did you learn? Uh, How did you find leadership that was like, you know, on par with you guys? Well, uh, what we did for, you know, the leadership thing is before we even announced the event and decided to step off, we actually reached out to the Gun Gamers group and we 
uh, were like, hey, this is what we want to do, but we need your guys' help. Because one of the core design elements of Gun Gamers Productions is we want quality leadership in the command chain as a part of Gun Gamers Productions, because that makes a huge difference, having that quality command that you can always reach up and find someone to talk to who can actually solve problems and address issues as they come out, where a lot of events, it's not an option. So we started there. How else would you uh, define or describe good leadership for for that purpose, for uh, running games specifically? Like I would CEOs? define I would define good leadership for running games as not just being good at like the military aspects, right? Like obviously coordinating troops and getting movements going and figuring out what everyone wants to do. That's one aspect of it, right? But another aspect of it, especially with our games, is being used to resource management, knowing how your guys are doing on water, knowing who needs, you know, hey, this guy might be a heat casualty. We need to deal with that. Uh, also being willing to, you know, in some ways, set aside their own desire to play competitively, like as an individual and step back and evaluate the needs of their group and try to make the best possible experience for what at the end of the day are paying customers. Yes. So it's yeah. also heavily a customer service position. Yes. You have to be good at customer service to do it because it's not just it. One of the last things about is about winning objectives on the command side. It's about making sure the players are having the best time possible. Sure. And I used to tell, you know, these guys when they would, they would help me out with events or whatever. And it was like, Put your weapon away, put it on safe, take the mag out because your weapon is your team. You know yeah. what I mean? Utilize your team. Let them have the experience because that's the whole point. You know, that's the whole point. Yep. yep. Um, and, and that was like one of the big things with, uh, with Gun Gamers Productions that we really shoot for is we want leadership that is not only going to, you know, push your team so that they can do cool stuff, but also like have you have that really positive experience of working within a chain of command because when you try to step into like all these other different games that people are doing that you know of varying levels of quality some are really good some are you know, whatever but we want you to be used to hey this is how a chain of command works this is how a squad composition can be put together this is like all this different stuff and also it's about finding people who are willing to before game day put the time in and build a roster and make sure that people know, hey, what weapons are going where and enforce our limits on that. Uh, and they also need to be knowledgeable enough about airsoft and airsoft rules to, hey, my guy had a gun go down. Maybe your staff commander is the guy who can help you with that. Or, uh, hey, this guy, maybe people think he's shooting hot. Well, that commander is a chrono in his backpack and knows how to use it. So yeah. it, it's a whole set of skills. Yeah, yeah. Logistics, demographic, experience. I feel, I, I feel like with any game, logistics is like... Oh, it's huge. Oh, man. So so what lessons did you guys learn from, from Overture, right? That, that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was like your first yeah. event, right? That was our like, first... As, as Gun Gamers. As, yeah, like as, as yeah. Gun Gamers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As like Gun Gamers Productions at our first game. And on that scale, I mean, you, maybe you ran something bigger at Hunter's Creek back in the day, but that was the I biggest... Was, I would say probably that's the biggest. I, I had done just over 100 before, but not not nearly as big as Overture. Yeah. So Overture. How, how many players did you guys get for Overture? So we had 188 uh, registered players, and then we had, like, what, 12 staff yeah. or something like that that so were, we're also playing? You were over 200 people. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, obviously an incredible first outing, which we're sure. very happy with. Uh, yeah, thank you, everyone who came. Yeah. Um, but one of the biggest lessons learned, I think, from Overture was um, it, it, it was just about being able to delegate to 
actually more people because we uh, we did a lot ourselves. Like I logged like over forty thousand steps that Same. weekend. <laughs> and and, and yeah. honestly, it became uh, a lot of us trying to do a lot of different things. Yeah. So we've actually added like more people in different roles that yeah. we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be leaning on using more. And uh, we're also trying to make it where the PLs don't run Chrono because that was a big we we were unhappy with how long the Chrono line was at Overture. So I actually like one of my follow on questions was gonna be Logistics. the. No, well, specifically, it was going to be the chrono, like overture chrono system. Like, like I heard some things about it. Yeah. And, so, uh, so, so at overture chrono, uh, one of the big complainer complaints that we had from a couple of players was that apparently a couple of chronos were set to the wrong BB weight, and we chrono for jewels. Okay. Um, we uh, we corrected that pretty much immediately. Yeah. And rechronoed those players. So. Uh, so I it mean, wasn't an issue. So it wound up not. Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that airsoft players made a big deal about nothing? No, I'm not. That's say, crazy. I'm not, I'm not saying they made that's, a big deal. That's I'm not, insanity. I'm not saying they made a big deal about nothing. I'm saying that we had a hiccup. You you corrected your fault, and they still like came after well, you. But there was also but there was also the issue with the chrono system. I would yeah. say of it being too long because we had our PLs doing chrono. And our PLs were also trying to do other admin tasks at the same time. So I think between uh, those couple of issues, it really showed us that we needed like another like slot of people just to do chrono. Sure. Are PLs part of your staff? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So you had staff members doing chrono. Yeah, we, we have yeah. staff. We have staff members doing chrono at all of our games. Uh, that well, as you should. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Just, just yeah. for open play, the chrono line is something that is hard to to make fast and you efficient can't. and proper. Yes, it is. You it's know, a challenge. Like yeah. like you, if if you want it to be absolutely perfect, it's really hard to make it fast. No, there is no perfect. It 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 is. Every player is going to stand in line for a little bit and get chronoed. Yeah. And the, and they should be fine with that because that means that you're doing your job. Correct. We can make it fast. Yeah. Yeah. We can make it fast. Well, the issue is it safe? No. So then when you go out and time. play and you get smacked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like Chrono should take an appropriate amount of time. And I don't know what that appropriate time that appropriate amount of time is, but I know it as a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well the thing we're doing is uh the issue we had with Chrono more than anything with how long it took wasn't even necessarily that Chrono took too long. It's that then those PLs who are our leadership didn't get time with their guys before the game. Correct. So people were standing in the chrono line and you know then they would go out of the chrono line, but their PLs who they should have been talking with before the game were running chrono. Uh, so that's something that uh, that we're trying to incorporate a new like an, another role where we're also going to have the platoon sergeants so that we're going to have two people in charge of the platoons who can be a point of contact for players, you know, if the platoon split, yeah. we can have a staff point of contact with every player and, and you know it, it adds to expense to have that amount of staff but it at the end of the day it no no, is no it doesn't add to experience. expense you can just give them bags of o-rings yeah perfect for, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. called that's and, called and a not, callback and, and yeah. not pay for their lodging or that's, anything that's you called know? a call that's a callback yeah. in the com, in the comedic in the comedic world that's yeah. called a callback <laughs> the smaller the o-ring the more money it takes to produce it True. yeah <laughs> precision's expensive but yeah so so i would say our lesson learned is just like the to you know summarize all of it right because yeah. obviously we could sit here all day because we had like a whole internal aar on overture yeah but the biggest lesson i think we learned is and maybe this is even a lesson learned because we went in with this attitude but your format and your rule set and the way you do things should always be under review 
And you should yeah. always be looking at, hey, what worked, what didn't, what can we fix, what can we try, yeah. and take notes. So I gotta ask, I gotta ask, you guys had a lot of like, uh, like class specifications and yeah. and things like that. Yep. Like, did that work well? Like, did people actually like yes. do the things that did? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, carrying of the grenades, they you know honestly, class, honestly, yeah. Like uh, it, we had you know only riflemen at grenade launchers. Uh, we did not have an obscene amount of pyro that people were carrying out of spec because, again, the, the point of contact for all players is a member of staff who's yeah. like handling check-in with them. So yeah. it, it really did work. And, and I think it's because people who signed up for that game, they read our rule set, they knew what our rules were, and I think they wanted to try the type of experience those rules create. Um, and maybe that's a thing where people think, oh, that's kind of cheesy and weird that you have like the pyro limits and these different classes. And and I understand if people want to just go to games that let them throw tag-ins indiscriminately because that's awesome. <laughs> I feel like I, I won't lie. a little bit pay to win, right? Yeah. And, and if that's... you're in a dense urban combat and you got a lot of tag, any kind of pyro, grenades, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, what inspired our actually, our pyro limit is because one of the big things we found missing when setting up classes, because every major airsoft producer, you have different kinds of classes. Classes. Um, we wanted something that made the rifleman something exciting to do. And that's what inspired to create those limits for that. Because everyone else, the rifleman was the backup because you couldn't do something cooler. And we wanted to change that so the rifleman is just as cool as everyone else. And you can choose it because you want to do it, not because you're forced into that role. I could say this, Edgar, what what is the rifleman in the Marine Corps? <laughs> It's, you, you want me to do the, the 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 doctrine the creed? yeah yeah exactly yeah. Doctor, do it. to to close with destroy the enemy with a fire maneuver yeah yeah and but I was, gonna, I was also going to counterattack I was also going to say by fire in close combat yeah yeah all that's right actually oh. I may have not asked that question correctly <laughs> <laughs> guys real quick though just for the viewers edification because clearly gun gamers has a class based system they might not know can we go a little more in depth on stand that? by rifleman is the backbone of the Marine oh, Corps yeah. and it should be the backbone. Of yeah. of yes. any airsoft game, right? Yeah. Everything else is supporting that. Yeah. yeah, except the Navy and the Air Force. Yeah, except those guys because yeah. they're just sleeping. Um, but yeah, with the class-based system yeah. uh, to go over that, uh, we have you know our rifleman class, which is you can use standard airsoft guns, right? Like M4, AK, G36, all that stuff falls. What about in there. my P90? Uh, actually, yes. Right now, that is a rifleman class. Uh, I, Yak Commandos. Yeah, we're gonna. We'll talk about that. Let's go through the classes <laughs> <Yeah>. as the <laughs> Austrian anyway. Yak Commandos. They use P90s. They use fucking. I, technically, a rifle round. Yeah, it, it is technically a rifle round. But uh, we'll, we'll also talk. my five seven. Are, the, are there P90 users that are up in arms about P90 being like? I not went a to a Milson West Guardian Center. Milson West Guardian Center. Kid and his father showed up. Kid, uh, father had a Norwich gun. Kid had a P90. Yep. Just for everyone yeah, we, in the comments, read the tax up. Ooh, yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but we have the riflemen, and they're the only class that can carry grenade launchers, and they can carry 12 throwable grenades and 12 launchable grenades. And the 12 launchable grenades is whether they have a grenade launcher or not. So if you're really smart, you have a squad of riflemen, right? Ooh, you yeah. could have like 144 launchable right? grenades if you have 12 riflemen. You messed up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you got Jinxie showing up to any of your hours. We call that, <laughs> we call that meta. <laughs> it's about to get rough. Yeah. Um, then we also have the, uh, we have two, uh, well, actually, we really, we have three like kind of support counter classes. We have the automatic rifleman class, and this is for RPK, Shrike, and uh, one more of them, M27 type guns, where it's like, hey, 
These are full auto guns, but they're not typically something that's like predominantly box mag fed. And those are like, hey, you can go full auto, no box mag, six grenades. Can I gotcha. say some things about this? Sure. <clears throat> the automatic rifleman is a is a failed experiment with modern armies. Yes. Maybe. It Maybe. really is. <laughs> the magazine-fed, quote-unquote, support weapon is... And I'm not saying this for you. I'm saying this for... I'm saying this for our listener base because we went to a system just for regular open play where everything had to be belt-fed if you want to go yep. full auto, right? Yep. Got to have a feed tray, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And people were just like, put in this thing in the RPK. Nobody used it as a sustained fire weapon. Nobody. Nobody. The M4 has full auto, and it's just as capable as the M... Uh, what was the M27? M27. It's just as capable. So, so the reason we actually incorporated the automatic rifleman class is specifically because of problems with airsoft machine guns. Yeah. Where yes. a lot of people yeah. buy things like RPKs and buy things like Shrikes and buy things like M27s because they want to be a support gunner, but they don't want to generally, get the weight. Yeah, the weight is bad. Or oh, they the, they chop them anyway. That was our problem, right? They, they were buying, uh, you know, M27s, chopping them down. Now it's just a 416. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so, so we actually the receiver says M27. Oh, on that's it. right. Sorry. The, it's yeah. correct. That was so the so when wrong. we're shooting at each other, I should zoom in on your receiver. So we, so we do require to qualify for the automatic rifleman. Like, hey, yep. you gotta look like the automatic rifle, or else, like, come on. Uh, I, but, but I got a not so hot take. Go ahead. But I was gonna say, but then like airsoft drum mags, right? <laughs> Mostly garbage. Uh, so, yeah. so, yes. so if someone like really can't make a support gun work and they want to use like an interesting, different take on a support gun, we're like, yeah, come be an automatic rifleman. Use your RPK the way that the RPK is actually used with <laughs> magazines. <laughs> yes. Well, 100%. and also I feel like there's a, there's a length that yep. should be adhered to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's cumbersome natures about machine guns, ARs, yeah. machine guns, whatever you want to call it, that make them that way. Right. Like, yes. like, the RPK even even still had a heavier barrel. Yep. You know what I mean? Like everything, it's give and take. And I feel like for us, for open play, you know, yeah, there was not enough give and take. So I was just like, you know, forget it. You got to have belt fed. Like that's just the way it's got to oh, be. Oh yeah, it makes it makes sense. Absolutely. We just wanted to do something a little bit different without sure. setting it up. Yeah. It gives more options, and I yeah, I can appreciate that. It's just. Oh, my, I'm so jaded. <laughs> from, 12, from 12 years of airsoft, I'm so jaded. I can just see the guy with the pistol a the, the pistol RPK. But that's why we have staff run chrono, because then if they say, oh, I'm an automatic rifleman, it's like, that doesn't look like an RPK. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, oh, I, I hate to be that guy, but there should be like parameters in terms of like length and, and barrel well, width. Funny and you should shit. say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's yes, also yes. kind of interesting, because from... The, the perspective because he's running an event and you're running open play yeah so for an open play that intro to airsoft experience because a lot of players are first-time players having an rpk or an m27 going full auto it looks like an m4 or an ak so if we're standing up there in the safety brief saying you can't go full auto with an m4 but the dude with an m27 is that first-time player doesn't know the difference oh yeah for yeah. us it's now yeah. for, for us event, it's a nightmare with the event producers where those players are Hopefully, reading the rules. Seasoned vets. Hopefully, at least have a little more experience in the airsoft industry besides yeah. one day. They know, okay, so that's an M27, that's an RPK, because it does get weird with lengths, like the Crytek Strike and the G and G CM16 LMG. They come with a 10 inch barrel. Yeah. Yep. So, well, and also, honestly, like this was also because we didn't want to tell people, hey, you can't use your Shrike, because 
every other event promoter lets Which, people use their strikes. Strikes belt fed. It is belt fed, but it's not a real world machine gun because nobody's no, ever is. adopted it. Oh, yeah. okay. like like it's it exists yeah. and technically it's made, but find me one picture of someone who's in combat using it. Jamie. There is none. No, he's 100% correct. That is not an issued weapon. It is a civilian manufactured belt-fed upper for your AR-15. Logistically, for a professional military, it does not come up to the standards. It also doesn't make sense because you have no way to quick change that barrel. The G&G one, they do a good job with, but for a sustainable fire weapon, you could not feasibly use that in a combat scenario. Yeah, Boys, do we want to take a quick break? Huh? I think we can talk about oh, machine guns for a second. Oh, we can talk about machine guns. Oh, but, yeah. But yeah, so, but then we have our, you know, the automatic LMG rifleman. Class. We, yeah, we went. But one of the things, too, is the automatic rifleman and the LMG. One of the things I feel like a lot of event producers do is they boost the velocity of all machine guns, right? Well, yeah, they, West so many that. do. Uh, Milson West does kind that of. MMGs. Sort of. Yeah, because your LMGs are in the same class as your yep. riflemen, but that's okay because you don't have a med. Yeah, yep. I've gone through an MSW game with an LMG clearing rooms. That's awesome. I'm yep. glad yeah. they do that. It's all right. And then the MMGs, they take it to 450? Yeah, so the MMGs can go up to 2.09 joules, which is, uh, I want to say it's 450 with 2.5s. I think it's 450 with 2.5s. I'll pull up yeah. the tax up. Hold on. Yeah, it's all um, right. There, there are guns is, that were designed as automatic rifle. You know, automatic Also rifles. BAR and yeah. Bren. Like, I want people to be able oh, yeah. to bring their BARs and Brens to, to our game. I have games. an ICS Galil, and it's it's good. It's the bipod oh, the, version with the yeah, carry. It that, is technically. For, it's it, for uh, automatic riflemen. Yeah. Now, it, you know, it sucks. I mean, if, like, you probably, <laughs> probably just, like, in real life, yeah. if it's for real life, you probably want to just use it on semi-auto. Yeah. But man, you put a drum mag sure. on that, and you play Insurgency Sandstorm, and then oh, you can use yeah. that. Oh, yeah, so uh, we're getting MMGs the video at Milson yeah. West are 425 with a 25. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's a conversion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so so we have like the automatic rifleman and the LMG are all at standard rifleman limits. The only the only yeah. hard rule that we put in was no full auto indoors because <laughs> we're yeah we wanna we wanna give like some mercy right you know people don't want to get full yes. auto blasted indoors at like a game that to us is Not kind fun. of a yeah a step in between like super hardcore and super casual yeah now do you guys have meds with your rifleman class no no so that means your lmg class also has no med correct yeah outdoors that's Just no dope. full no that's full auto dope. indoors yep love that yeah, yeah. but then for our mmg is where we put in like hey okay this is our boosted velocity uh or boosted energy class and we actually went with the Milson West limit because, like, I mean, consistency across makes so sense. people. Well, it makes sense energies. because it's a good system because you're actually giving them an advantage for having those three exactly. weight or yeah. seven six two chambered replicas. And heavy, uh, heavy gun, heavy ammo, heavy uh, everything, length. It's like we also require that if you want that boosted velocity, and this is with any class for our games that has a boosted energy limit, whether it's DMR or uh, MMG, you have to have a sixteen inch barrel. So yeah, no chopped PKMs or bullpup PKMs or so chopped 240s. Here's or... where the question comes in. <laughs> I've seen it with other event producers. Yeah. If somebody shows up with an MMG and it's chronoing at LMG limits. I then it's that. an LMG. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Well, we'll let, we'll like, we'll let you use your weapon as whatever class it chronos for, as long as it meets at least the minimum criteria for that class. So like, Hey, if you show up with, an M249 that's shooting MMG limits, well, that's no go because it's not an MMG. Yeah. But if you show up with an M240 that's shooting LMG limits, like, hey, you know, obviously. Yeah. Fine. yeah. Uh, but then with, like, DMR and Marksman as well, we actually have it where for semi-auto DMRs, you get... So we actually also do a difference in BB weight, right? 
where your allotment of ammo is in point fours for DMR and marksmen Correct. versus your allotment of ammo for everyone else's two eights. And the idea behind that is actually to try to get a little bit more of the uh, difference in ballistic performance between those different classes. Oh, you're like intentionally nerfing Ooh. all the guns by giving them light BBs, kind of. I mean, I mean like, but, but they're like not like not three O's. Well, like just weapon balancing. Yeah. 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 So the reason we do two eights is because that is a common BB weight that the vast majority of stock guns can hop. Uh, yes. Once you get up to like three O's and three twos, stock that's when it starts being KWAs, ambiguous. man. Yeah, yeah, but, it, but if you're but like if you're going to attend these events, like like, can we make the assumption? Please, Milson West, can we make the assumption <laughs> <laughs> that everybody can fucking hop three like, like like like? Oh God, uh, hey, yeah, Jebus Christos, 100%. like like this is the same debate yes. that happens at every AAR. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean standardized BB weights, standardized like, BB weights, like like come on, man, like like the Milson weight is three o. You go above that, threes. you're heavier threes. Yes, yeah, three O's. Three O's are the new two fives in my mind. I'm, I'm, it really I'm, is. That's my opinion. No, it really is. Yeah, but that's, at the same that's time, not then you have so also, I mean, you know, one of it's one a of balancing the, tool for us. You go yeah, to one of these things, you're doing three tool. But you know, part of the reason we do two eights is because, I mean, straight up, you know, the BB supplier that we use is Elite Force because they have the logistics that we have the experience with, sure. of knowing that they'll be able to get us the amounts of ammo when and where we need them. Yep. Uh, but they make two eights and three twos, and. Hopping to three twos versus four O's, I, I, I get that. With the vast majority jump. of guns, I'm a jump. tech. As a vast majority of guns, it's a safer bet with two weights than three twos. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yep. but there's that happy medium. Yeah, then there's that, me with my gun that can hop three twos. <laughs> but, but and I, can you, I can give you a phone number of a I, couple guys. <laughs> that can yeah. give you some three O's. Uh, it, it, it's just about like the the reality of the amount of ammo at the times we need them. We went we you know we went with Elite Force because they have that track sure. record yeah. working Absolutely. with Milson West. I mean, obviously, we're always. Are you doing um, issued ammo? Yes. Oh, so, so we it's, so it's a sponsorship. Like yes. It, well, so we actually oh, okay. so. <laughs> It's not a sponsorship of the way Milson West gets Elite Force sponsorship. No, uh, they get free. Different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, they get free BBs. Yeah, we just yeah. get like a really good rate. Uh, but as a result, it's it's that logistical end of like, hey, we need to make sure we can have this many BBs at these times yeah. and in these amounts. So we went with two eights uh, of you know the BBs we could get uh, plus fours because then so two eights standard rifles and everything. You get that level of ballistic performance, which honestly, you know, two eights. Stop it's it. pretty good. Yeah, yeah people, close enough. People poo-poo two eights, but like honestly, if your gun can hop four O's but not two eights, you tuned your gun wrong. Yeah, hundred uh, <laughs> yeah, percent. Right. You're not the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah, but then, uh, but then also like with marksman class stuff, then you get the four O's, and the four O's are like hardcore, yeah, like hard to get, and you know, oh, yeah. maybe maybe you'll be able to get some four O's when you when you go complete objectives and stuff, but they're gonna be hard to get, and yep. you know, then you gotta cherish them, uh, and your marksman might be upset if you take all of his. But then for the marksman <laughs> class, uh, we have you know seven six two replicas that are sixteen inch barrels or more. If you want like a semi auto DMR, but then the bolt action class, totally exempt from length requirements. Oh, yeah. So that gives the bolt action a little bit of like you know we don't have to have whole separate things of DMR rules versus sniper rules versus who's doing what. It's like okay, you want a DMR, you have these rules that are harder to follow. But if you want to run those same limits with a bolt action, you can basically grab whatever operates manually. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes sense within airsoft at least. Uh, of course, like, yeah, the rules are designed with that. Oh yeah, engineering yeah, hundred percent. Because like, I mean, 
uh, real world experience at least, uh, you know, fast company stuff. We had DMRs. We had many DMRs in a single platoon. Uh, what they were really good for uh, was just finding people. Yep. Finding yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just like snipers, right? Yeah. Like snipers, 99% of the time, they relay information. They're not shooting. They're just being invisible. You well, know, the- DMRs are the same. They get into a high position. They tell you what's going on. And if it's a situation in which, like, stuff needs to go down, then they're just like, okay, go ahead. Take that sensitive, like, very sensitive situation and, you know, do the thing. But, like, if it's not sensitive at all, it's like, you're not doing nothing. Oh, it's yeah, up yeah. to the riflemen. It's up to the machine gunners. It's up to those grenadiers. Well, and that's also why we have where our squad breakdown is a little different from most yeah. other events, uh, where we have where every squad of eight to twelve players has four specialty weapon slots, and those specialty weapon slots can be filled with any machine gun, marksman, whatever that is a specialty weapon, or you could have a squad of all riflemen. And the idea behind that is like, hey, we can have our eight guys build a recce squad have four marksmen and then go out and do our thing i'm curious weapon squad i'm curious you must get a lot of questions from the players that are signing up for your events oh yeah you do like they like they want clarification they want to know if what they have specifically is being the requirement like how how is that my famas this is my famas so so one of the things that we try to do is we try to have as comprehensive a rule set as possible uh that we publish beforehand it's not possible Uh, of course (laughs) you you know you have to make them read it which is the impossible part yeah Yeah. so so we did our best to like make sure hey we've got a comprehensive rule set that covers as much as possible uh but then we also have like a very open line of communication like our website has the link to our email all of our social media is up and we try to respond to messages as best as we can. Uh, you know, even our YouTube comments, like people ask me fucking questions in YouTube comments. I'll just be like, yeah, yeah all right, I guess this is where I'm answering. <laughs> Have you yes. thought of making YouTube videos to clarify on those, on those rules? Or do you feel like you're so, so, you so, feel like it's like just your second op. You kind of want to see how how these things work. So we like, we have uh, we have made a few YouTube videos that go into it in different levels. But uh, honestly, like one of the things I really want to do is do dedicated class specific videos. That's what I mean. Because MSW kind of does that. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm like a toxic perfectionist though, and I'm waiting until we have like some really good footage from our games of ah, these classes in action right. yes. that I can cut together. Because otherwise, like we film some. Yes. And we've got them and and they're just like us standing in front of a range like this is this gun and this is what it can do. Uh, I want to have we weren't happy with it. Yeah. No. Eh. Because yeah. the, the whole problem is that like, you know, kids don't read. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you need you need <laughs> oh, the man. dopamine, you need footage. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's like there's that like I call it ADHD edition, you know, like the, it's a method of delivery when you edit stuff. Just there's a cuts. reason why we're sitting here right now doing, doing it podcast. in this yeah. format. Yeah. Oh. Though honestly, as many questions as we get, I would say questions about the rules for the weapons classes really haven't been that crazy there hasn't been a ton of them There's it's like, because they're not reading them and they're just showing <laughs> yeah, up they yeah, showed up right. with what they got yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah luckily at overture actually was pretty good we didn't yeah. we didn't have anybody show up with like good. you know a, a bullpup pk and be like this is an mmg right <laughs> I, i'm sure i'm sure you have more sure. players that show up with what they have and wait for you to tell them what they are as opposed to yeah like, right probably like trying to yes. die on a hill saying well this is this therefore yeah you right know. I'm sure that's what you have more of. I, I also I also think to an extent we're very lucky because, you know, to, to put it bluntly, because we're like a kind of small fish in the overall like airsoft YouTube world. I think a lot of the people who've even heard of us like 
kind of have the expectation of, oh, these guys bully people openly on their channel for not <laughs> reading rule sets, so maybe I should read the rule set. Yes. <laughs> I mean, encourage, that work, it, encourage that. That shit works for most of West. You should be bullied for not encourage reading the rule set. Any time you shouldn't be bullied for things you can't control. You want to join the club. You can control reading the club. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that that's how we started everything. I mean, that's that's literally how we started everything with the videos. We, we did... We did monthly updates for two years, and and the only reason why I started that was because I was like, these players aren't reading the shit that I'm posting. Yeah. Like, yep. like Some how can can't how, read, man? How could I connect to these kids? You know, like, like, <laughs> like that was literally. But you, then it gets more frustrating because geez. from the from the editor's perspective, that first video we did, the monthly update. Oh said, god, there would Trolling be no shit. more multicam for Zulu produced. Events. Oh, that was nicely worded. Yeah, but it's Holy Zulu fuck. produced events. To this day, players still walk in the shop and go, "Why do you sell multicam? You can't wear it here." That- no, I've been running ops since fucking <laughs> two thousand eight, and multicam causes a problem. If how, you're wearing, if you're you wearing a green plate carrier. You look green. If you're wearing a tan plate carrier, you look tan. Like I, it's called multicam. <laughs> it's literally in the name. We 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 live in a world where we, we we play a game not separated by a net, which means that each team needs to have uniforms. We can do I'm red. Sorry. We can do red versus blue. I'm done. Yeah, red versus blue. <laughs> uh, not red. armbands. Not armbands. No, no, no. You no, must no, no, wear no. all red, red or all blue. You're gonna get a red hockey jersey. Yeah. Oh, I got a red jersey. Devils. Polo polo I wear that. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. You're gonna fight each other with hockey jersey. I, I had a I had a guy. Um, in the wrong uniform, and I corrected him, and he went back to his car. He had a black plate carrier, and he took tan tape and and wrote the word tan on his back. And I was like, my God. Like, Have we tried – has anybody ever tried on, a, a game with a large amount of players with no identification? No strict camo, no armbands, nothing. Has anybody yeah, ever tried that? Well, yeah. It's, like, it's, you have, like, like, if it's like, it's hey, a survival it's Jim. Yeah. It's Jim. I'm not going to shoot Jim. I know Jim. I saw him. I mean, I mean yeah. I, I, would, I would say, like, Survive Omega kind of falls into yeah. that category. Yes. Like, where you've Omega got the post-apocalyptic you. LARP, and no, everybody's just wearing, like, whatever their costume is. But there's no, like, uniform rules other than, hey, NPCs are going to bully the shit out of you if you're wearing a plate carrier. Yeah, well, Balahack <laughs> kind of does that with their Rev series, too. I yeah. Know. yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes, uh, that's my reaction. Ah, uh, yo. So I hate to keep coming back to these guys, but but Grimnir is is they're just hip and cool. And, I know and they're they're like uh oh they're like uh, uh no no who's the guy from uh, uh Zoolander? They they can coordinate all sorts of crazy shit through Discord. And to me, Discord is like when I want to play Tarkov, I'm like, hey, so the Discord channel. It's because they have a guy who knows how to code. How are you guys? Uh, Integrating Discord into your, uh, I don't know, airsoft preparation. Like, I, I'm such a, I'm not a boomer, right? Because all the boomers are Vietnam vets. I'm like a Generation X, and, and I'm like Facebook guy. And, uh, like, Discord to me is like this autistic version of communication. So, so how are you guys using Discord to, to, to manufacture your your uh, yeah, information? So, so, so for us, uh, we do, God... So we used to have a public gun gamers Discord, and we deleted it because it was it, bad. It was, it was nobody knows how it works. Cringe. Well, because <laughs> Discord is like I don't know, it, it, you know, it's it's all the Zoomers on it, there. It's kind of almost like Twitter same. in a weird way. It has the same problems. Yeah, cool. But mouth vomit. We have Great. very frequent requests to integrate Discord, so we are building a new gun gamers Discord, and our 
goal for that is really not for it to be a primary method of communicating information, but for it to be another avenue. Because players, you know, they like to get information the way they like to get information. Our primary, to be honest, is email. We try to email players as much as possible. Like, That's hey. not instant enough. Uh, right? You know, it's not instant enough. But we try, we try to use email. Uh, we also have, you know, Facebook groups for planning. And obviously, like, everyone's got their problems with Facebook. You know, I get yeah, it. But- uh, Facebook Facebook planning groups are so concise and clear. Mm-hmm. Yes, that they should be used more often. It's just it's it's a generational gap that we're yes. like like we are in the middle of right. Like we're yep. old enough to kind of remember both, and and uh, it's so frustrating. But people like Discord because it's a continuous rolling chat log. But then it's hard to go back and find stuff. Correct. But you know I've used Discord enough with like my personal stuff with like gaming and whatnot that we're gonna try to use like pinned. Uh, pinned comments and threads and stuff like that. Be like, okay, all the relevant information is going to be pinned in these channels. It's going to be tagging people. We're going to try to. I I personally want to assign roles to like who's going to what game, so that then I can just tag. Hey, this role is who's going to this game. So if you're going to this game, I can just tag you in the announcement channel about that game of the op or drop for your faction or something, get in contact with your leaders. And I, and I don't want to have it too open because I do like having that veil between groups, yeah. right? When you're planning a game, I don't want people, you know, cross posting op boards and, and oh, yeah. metagaming because that, that, that's what it is. It's metagaming. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and discord gives the ability to restrict who can write in a given server. Exactly. I, I do like Rolls. discords. Uh, like you have the ability to have a whole server and then you have a bunch of channels and then you can set different permissions for each channel. So you can literally have a locked channel that you as admin can give individual access to whoever. It yep. could be whatever team, right? Correct. Blue, blue team. So that's super handy. It's just the Discord server is only as good as the admin of who's maintaining yes. it. And, 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 and about how much you want to manage with it, too. It becomes somebody's fucking desk at their office really yeah. quick. Just yes. clutter and crap. Uh, and and the problem too is like it's so maintenance intensive to run a discord because ugh. people are typing in there all the time and well, it's they have, never they stops have, they it's, have cell phone access and all sorts of shit so yeah. i mean I, I i did a grimnir game where i was uh, you know in a leadership role and and of course i'm so i uh you can bleep that <laughs> uh so i don't uh, you worry i bought the wrong ticket so it was like the wrong faction because i don't remember what gfi cfi and all this stuff and uh and then in the discord they're like oh just just type you know just figure out your roles and i'm like i don't know the commands like like yeah what is it like like well parentheses you know like fucking roles or whatever and i'm like man just call me on the cell phone and like tell me what's going on well that shows the importance of cross posting it across multiple systems yes so people of different generations who are wherever they're most comfortable with they can still get the critical information they need to be able to succeed at the event well i feel like we're at a critical crossroads uh generationally speaking yeah uh i feel like us in like specifically we are all bridging the gap between the Facebook group, which mm. is, which is me. I'm 40 years old. You know, yeah. I'm I'm not far behind. Yeah, you. which is 40 years old. And then I'm the not 31 guys. yet. I'm I'm still young, maybe. Uh, yeah. Jealous. So so we we are we are tasked with this monumental struggle of like bridging the old and the new together to just create some sort of cohesive thing. And I think that Discord is. A logical solution. It's just that, like me, I 
can't run it. To, to me, Discord <laughs> should be part of the complete package. Sure, I, I yes. think you should have, you know, mailing lists primary, Facebook secondary, Discord other secondary slash tertiary. But yeah. you have multiple avenues of approach so that players can get the information they need when they need it. And it, that's just the idea is trying to reach players as many ways as possible. Because yeah. otherwise... You know, you're going to have players show up on game day who say, oh, the email got caught in my spam box and I don't use Facebook. So you, you really want to try hard to have those different avenues of approach. And also one thing I do think Discord is good at is community building before, during and after games where people can go in, have these people they interact with, you know, it, it becomes, you know, an old school IRC chat room. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in the era when IRC chats were, oh, were the thing. Yeah. It's come full circle. Man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it, it, it's literally an IRC chat room with extra steps. Yeah. And you know, they don't most know the, that and they would deny it. But yeah. Oh, most yeah. of the people using discord Perfect. have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a, it's an aim chat room. Like, mm -hmm. like it really yes. is like with emojis and all sorts of shit. Oh yeah. But but I do think it, it has its place as like another tool in the toolbox. I don't think it's the primary tool, but I don't think it's like down near the bottom either. I just think no. it's something that like event hosters are gonna have to get more comfortable with as the market demands it, because at the end of the day, this is a customer service industry. Absolutely. And I think I think Discord's more I might be wrong, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Discord's more for the the one off question. Mm -hmm. Hey, do you guys provide rentals? You know, yep. that type of thing. But for, for us at Zulu, like a field that's open every weekend and we have a standard set of rules or whatever, uh, it just doesn't it doesn't play for us right now because we're not ah, man. We're, You'd have to do a real custom engineering solution and uh, you gotta yeah. make sure you stay on top of it, otherwise it'll turn into a mess. Which I don't wanna do, to be honest with you. I just wanna play airsoft and like mm -hmm. develop like a sweet ass fucking yeah, airsoft place to play, you know, and and, but but more and more, you know, the digital space is something that, although I don't understand, it's something that we have to expand on, which is why I have Jordan, which is why I have these guys, you yeah, know, to to kind of fill me in because, because honestly, I I still to this day, have no idea why people go on Instagram and like a photo, why, you know what happens when I look at a photo on Instagram? Oh, that's cool, let's grow. Why do you press like? Because why? the algorithm won't serve you photos like it if you don't press like, yeah. and then you'll yeah, get like, and then you'll get like I don't know the weird TikTok products of oh if I press <laughs> this button it launches a plane that looks like a dog. You know what happened when I when I was growing up in like middle school and shit? I'd be like oh yeah that's a cool sculpture I like that. Yeah, that's it. Human interaction like like to me it's it's so strange that people like photos like physically like photos it's so strange to me i think like, i think it's just one of those things where that's human, a generational thing where really. humans like to systemize interaction i mean if you yes. really think about it the game design aspect of airsoft is that we're systemizing no, wargaming in real life uh with you know these different aspects and i think you know, part of the reason that you see so many airsofters attracted to things like Discord is because Discord is so popular with gamers yeah. and so many airsofters are gamers because ultimately what you're doing is you're systemizing different modes of interaction. But I would argue too that Discord is actually an inferior product and when it comes to uh, producing games, uh, like, I, like physical, like uh, like ops. 
Yeah. Like it, it's an inferior product for, for, for disseminating information and stuff like that. Like I, it, I it's more that. difficult for disseminating information because so many people are in so many discord servers that they usually mute notifications yeah, so they track or they skim them. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, like I said, it's it, me. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I do not listen to people at all. I'm in like four servers and all of them, there's like a general, a general, but like just hanging out yep. and then like a general. And we're just going to talk about like BB weights. And then like a there's a general chat for everything. And it sucks for coordinating people. Cause like, if you think of what has to be done to coordinate mm -hmm. actual men and women to work on a team in a military setting in You're real life, about, you have to kind of pay them and, li and enlist them. And there's some incentivization to not well, fuck up and to do well. And, yeah. and beatings. Yeah. 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 Airsofters want to have fun and you have this like instant gratification, high dopamine uh, like platform to get them to do not instant gratifying, uh, you know, Goals. like pro, like, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, 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 Proactive. No, you are you are uh, delaying gratification. Well, but oh, you, know, you can't do that. Delaying oh, gratification, like oh, planning with the that. team, just like like that. not telling other people in other channels in that same server what you just talked about in no. this one channel that yeah. you have exclusive access to because you're on blue team, you know. And then also not like stepping over everybody as they're talking about planning stuff to be yeah. like, look at the picture of my cat. Like, yeah, it's so hard. It's well, so hard and, to get people. And, to and that comes and that comes yeah. down to you know I I think Discord has tools that like help with that, but Discord is difficult as a platform to keep on topic uh but it is one of those things that literally i personally would not integrate it as part of a planning situation no I'm, even, I'm not even bashing it I, I i'm pointing out like the problems that yes. i see with the hopes that they could be alleviated no discord has its strengths but it definitely has its weaknesses there's there's but we're there, also we're also looking at i mean you and i and yeah. and edgar we're also looking at it through the lens of running games every week yeah. And all the questions that we get every week, which yeah. are all the same. Yeah. And it's like, you could easily answer all of your questions by going to our website. Yeah. You know, like, what's the minimum of age? I don't know. It's posted that the very first thing on our website is the minimum of age. The very second thing is the minimum of age. The very third thing is the minimum of age. You know, it's like, with, with five seconds of research, you could answer all your questions. And I feel like Discord is the same thing without that filter. Well, because people just want to immediately post like every question they have and not really do the research and not read, read the three minutes before, which I yeah. think also comes down to, you know, as a player base, culturally reinforcing the necessity to be educated. Uh, which, oh. you know, yeah, uh, to be honest, comes with a little light bullying. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think that boils down to laziness. Because, like, for prime example, this week we posted for the shop, hey, we're hiring. And I posted a yeah. screenshot of our website page that says, we're hiring, we're looking for these people, these are the requirements. Right at the bottom <coughs> it says you have to be 18 years or older to, to apply. First question, how old do you have to be? Oh, my God. It, at work, yeah. at work, I just sent out an email blast uh, to, okay. you know, I, I won't dox my day job, but at work, I just sent out an email blast of, hey, we're running this event. It goes to, you know, this, this time to this time. Yeah. It's on this day. And the comments I have on the registration spreadsheet, which you <laughs> fill out by doing this survey that you can only get to via a link in yeah. the email, the yeah. email which contains the <laughs> full information of time and date, I'm getting questions saying, what time does it start? What is it? It's yeah. just laziness. It oh, that's is. in the timeline. A little bit of light bullying will go a long it way. Is. Dude, in the 15 years I've been doing Airsoft, right? So 12 years, I mean, 12 years tomorrow that we've been keeping track of, 
Um, the safety brief in the beginning of Zulu was like, hey, don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. And then somebody does some dumb shit. And you're like, really? Yep. Like, I got to put that in? It's tough because... It's not tough. Know, it shouldn't well, be tough. Well, it's tough for, for us yeah. to systemize and incentivize the level of engagement with the rules and with the systems where people can understand what they need to do. And, yep. and I do think that's where I actually maintain that raising the level of challenge of games in general is going to incentivize a higher level of engagement with the rules because when you make games harder yes. people need to do more research to do well <laughs> yes. wow first I off everybody's a navy seal i didn't know if you know <laughs> so i'm actually a navy seal i, I, I watched i watched the first three seasons of navy seals on cbs so i'm good right yeah this is the problem. I think I think airsoft in general and insurance in general. I think we are way too lenient on on stupid people. Mm-hmm. I think I think there aren't insurance the, would love to exclude stupidity. I, <laughs> I, think, I say that as my day job is insurance. I, I think I'm I'm not. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Like I I can't believe that people show up to a sport where we shoot projectiles at each other and they're just like it broke my skin. Like I this yeah, is I bad. Guess. Yeah, motherfucker. Like, like, yeah, man. Like these, uh, it, it frustrates me to no end because I want to do cool shit, dude. I want to dig a pit and put gasoline in it and make a freaking, uh, yeah. you know, like like napalm strike and like yeah. do cool shit like that. But your I can't. insurance company would be very upset with oh, you. Oh yeah, I can't. I if can't. If you were to do that, it would turn out oh, some kid was prone in the ditch. Oh. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it would. In Why does it smell there like gasoline down here? <laughs> My favorite Milsim West AAR comment ever was at Guardian Centers in 2021. Oh my God. When he knows exactly what I'm going to say. Were you guys at Guardian Center uh, 2021? I think we we were. were. I think I know what comment you're going at. Do you guys remember the comment where the guy said, No. You know, you guys should really mark off the pond. Because why? Yes, that was a real comment. Because, because you know, someone could fall in and it's dangerous. Uh, well, I, I mean, uh, you know. Well, here's the worst part. From an insurance perspective, if someone decided to fall in that pond and drown themselves, they would be found liable. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's, as, yeah, you're, you're saying, you have you're saying as in the player that fell in? No, or? as no. in the event promoter. The event promoter would be responsible that that person did not know that right. water, in fact, can drown them. I was thinking that point, like the line of where, <laughs> yeah. like that line of liability should be drawn somewhere. Like once that waiver is signed, you agree to No, waivers, waivers are suggestions. Waivers. That's why only adults can sign the contract. Here, because here's they can knowingly make an informed decision to agree to such things. Here's what I'm going to say. If Contracts we could solve, down. if we could solve making everybody read the rules of everything oh my god you have any idea airsoft forget airsoft if we could make everybody read we could solve like world hunger traffic yeah uh like the modern political divide like there's no limit to what we could solve if we could actually get people to read and try to comprehend things like well as they are i read facebook does that count Uh, oh dude you know listen i get all my political news on facebook this could be a reading it's it's 100 percent truth on facebook you need to you can't lie on the internet no you can't lie not at all right dude facebook told me that this guy right here is a lizard person but yeah here we are he looks (laughs) my costume is really up to date well hold on hold on hold on there's a bunch of lamps in here okay so that could be sustaining no. <laughs> oh, These lights are really strong. Oh, yeah. 
You could still be a lizard, is all I'm saying. You all never right. know. <laughs> Dead rags at ops. How? What's your feeling on that? I'm gonna be honest with you. If you get shot in an airsoft game, and your first reaction isn't to flop over, screaming in pain, being a melodramatic pain in the ass, you're just not playing airsoft correctly. Okay. <laughs> Realistic death is the, it's the best experience for everyone because you get that immediate reaction. Because if I'm shooting at someone and all of a sudden they scream and flop over and start, you know, yelling and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. And and that's not because you know in concept the dead rag is a bad idea. It's because in practice, people just stop where they are, take 30 seconds to pull their dead rag out of whatever hole they stuffed it into, put it like in a spot where people can't see it from three of the four sides, and then stand in the middle of every gunfight, acting like it's everyone else's fault they're still getting shot. Uh, Yep, constantly complain. Like, I'm just standing. Like, for example, Milson West. Milson West. There are no dead rags. There is only the realistic death. I cannot tell you the number of times I have seen someone get hit, just yell hit, and then just stand there and then be shocked at the results, which yeah. is they immediately get shot again. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep doing it. You know, you know the number of times I've been overshot after flopping over on the ground or getting shot? Keep doing it. Literally less than zero. Yeah, you never know the number. You know the number of times I've gotten overshot while standing in the middle of a gunfight with my dead rag on my face like an idiot? So many times. So many times. So you want to hear my hot take on dead rags? What's sure. that? They're the wrong color. Do it. I would not disagree. They're the wrong color. Red is a shitty color for dead rag. What color would you use? Light orange. Yellow. We so Orange. okay. Full disclosure. High vis. High vis. Full disclosure. Mm-hmm. We sell high vis dead rags at our field. Product link. Because they're better. Because they're better. Yep. And I actually took pictures and photographs. Actually, in the UK, it's like you put on a vest. Yep. Yep. Yeah, whole vest. Well, if everybody uses the rules, right? Because I know yeah. Jet, I know Jed Zizzer Fox tried to do yeah, that too. Well, they, they so they do the, uh, the like neon yellow, yeah, or, or orange, yeah, super, yeah. yeah. Super You're supposed to put the vest on. Yeah, a lot of people yes. don't because we're Americans and we're lazy and glow belt. I mean, yeah, the the PT belt. PT to belt. be honest, yeah. not a bad solution, Go, right? Uh, <laughs> works. You know, it's an immersed game when big firefight happening, bunch of friendlies, bunch of bad guys, right? And you're not shooting the guy on the ground because he's not the one aiming a gun at you. And like yeah. you're really just only shooting at what's immediately a threat to you. That's immersive as fuck. Well, yeah. but here's you know, here's my there's no, there's no question. Here's my hot take on the thing. Milson West does a great job. A lot of other producers do a great job. Flopping over and dying is a great yeah yeah is, is a great solution. But what about that guy? That one guy in the prone. Not the guy you saw you shot, but the guy that's next to him because this guy did a, a fantastic death and rolled, and now he's next to that guy. I propose, once you do your floppy death, yeah, you pull out because you've got time because you've done your floppy death. Yeah, you pull out your high vis, not red. Red's a stupid color for fucking dead rags. You take your dive, and once you take your dive, you take that high vis dead rag out, not a fucking red rag, and you put it on your face. I mean, I mean, I think that's not a bad solution. It's not a bad solution. I, so no. pers- personally, I mean, even at like AMS games and shit, right? Like, yeah. I'll still do my flop out, but that's just to get out of the fucking way, right? And yeah, then I'll yeah, pull sure. my dead rag is because the, their rules call for the dead rag. But so I, I'm not against that solution. I, I think that would not be a bad idea. You know, obviously, it, it all depends on 
the experience that an event promoter is trying to curate, right? Because, yes. you know, Milson West obviously all about, like, they don't want a lot of those airsofty things, but then you've got, like, airsoft. Sure, but but every, every instance, I mean, I'm talking, for me personally, every instance of, like, confusedness was at Milson West. Or, for context, at that Guardian Center game in 2021, have a whole group of Rust 4 kill every single one of them except for the one dude that's playing dead oh yeah the one man. motherfucker well, and, and play, right? like, yeah and play uh, playing God. dead is, is the move. worst yeah. crime you that can do in airsoft after that happens it's a fucking bitch that move. dude and then you proceed to walk to every rust four player and dead check them and then they start yelling at you that yeah. they're already dead well i'm sorry your friend was an asshole so i have to shoot you with and bring out your fucking dead rag like like look we're not this is not yeah. real like this yeah. is the my biggest gripe with airsoft right i've done the real thing it's fucking terrible and none of you would want to do it no, I, God, no, no, fuck no. no. Like, like I, I've done the door kicking. I've done, well, okay. No, I have done the door kicking, actually. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I actually have done that shit. Finish and I, and I've smelt the smells and I've seen the things. And I, like, like this is, this is such a bullshit fucking thing that we're doing. Yeah, it's silly. Like, that it's so okay to pull out a rag and just be like, hey, man, yeah, out of the I'm game. Dead. Theoretically, none of this would be a problem if people could just not game the fucking game. Oh, that's awful. And, and that's and that's the thing is you always <laughs> is you always get those lowest common denominator, uh, smooth brain, single digit IQ, dumb motherfuckers who it's think like, that they're the main character at a goddamn BB game who are like. <laughs> Actually. I'm gonna play dead, and that's gonna be so cool because I'm gonna kill all these guys, and I'm gonna tell all my friends later, and girls will start to like me. Well, you know that in the slow walk, the slow dead walk, like you're walking with a bunch of guys who are dead, pretending. That's oh fuck. Mm, mm, mm. It, it you know ultimately it comes down to like people right. need to recognize that airsoft is not truly a competitive experience because it's a fucking Awful competitive system. Milsim yeah. is not a competitive. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see I'll speed soft. I'll agree with I, that. I can see a five v five being competitive. Even yeah, yeah. speed soft, like I, I, I could see, I could see speed soft being like competitive, but like to well, me, it no more than beer league. No, yes. no, no, no. But 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 if okay, so I played like actual competitive paintball in mm-hmm. Skydome actually, and uh, if if done correctly. I think I think Speedsoft could be a very viable thing. It could be. Yes. It could be a, like an ESPN fucking thing, right? Uh, everybody uses tracer units, and there's slow mo cameras and all this fucking. Shit. Oh yeah. Like like I, I think that could be a thing. Milsim? No. no. Mil Milsim is silly LARP with a bunch of dorks yeah. who are going. Like honestly, when I go to Milsim games, I treat it like I'm at one of my D and D sessions. It's a cooperative yes. storytelling experience where we're yeah. all out there being dorks playing our own silly characters so we so we so okay so it's probably no secret you know we're part of team jinxie you know what i mean i will say this i I am the team what's that i I don't know if i would call that a team. jinxie's not a team teams are call that a group imagine having an airsoft team versus having a drinking team (laughs) can we we have both because i'll be part of that Uh, (laughs) no 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 jinxie jinxie started out with me literally me and i can and i can and i can vouch for this and this jinxie started with me because everybody was like painting their face one day at zulu and i was like i don't want to paint my face so i just did like a cat there is a photo of this there's a photo of this uh so that was jinxie's uh thing but then it became a thing like 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 we went to milson west and it became a thing and then we're like fuck we should train a little bit like we we started training a little bit and we got proficient and it like, like grew to this fucking thing and that's okay but 
but the whole point is don't take yourself too seriously. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. You can yes. you can be proficient, but don't take yourself too seriously because I, I at always, the end of the day, we got cat face paint on. Yep. You know, yes. Like, about playing cornhole in the woods. About paying. I, I always tell people, play as if you mean to win, but accept that you won't. Because sometimes you lose. It's a game. Yeah. It's okay. It's not that deep. No I, one cares. There's also no I, winners in airsoft. Yeah, I think there's players, no winners in airsoft. I think some players really count their kills and deaths. Oh, like, absolutely. Really, it's about it's about for me, it's about the group movement just, towards something. Just for, like you were saying, Eric. It's about how cool you're you were. You're just like just like playing D D, man. Yep. Like I we were playing D D the other freaking night. That's right. That's right? actually true. And there was yeah. something that happened this and is, I was just like started with beautiful. I was right? like, that, <laughs> that's cool as hell. I'm not gonna stop that from happening. Right? That's happening. As long as it's it cool. Just, it, I was like, all right, yeah, that's what's going on. Yep. You know? I, I think more players need to bring in that mindset of like <sighs> almost the more tabletop oriented of Hey, the point of this is to get together and have a good time with my friends. Oh, yeah. You know, whether my character in this game and my faction in this game, like, wins or loses or whatever, the yeah. point is that we all got to play the story together. Ooh, but I but I also think, too, there's there's some some validation in, in being proficient in your particular sport, right? I think, I think that, uh, I think, unfortunately, a particular team made it really uncool to, like, train and 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 yeah and be proficient right yeah. I, I don't have anything so, against being proficient i just don't i, I dislike well, when proficiency comes at the cost arrogance yes yeah I, I dislike when proficiency comes at the cost of developing a terminal case of main character syndrome yeah <laughs> you're right you're right but but it also you know it, it but you know sometimes there's going to be a bigger fish mm -hmm. every now and then Always. Every now and then, shit's gonna happen, and I, and I do every pond. And I do think some every players pond. sometimes like take that personally. No, as right. a hit to their Why? ego because no. they invest because they invest their ego into the game. No, like, yes. no, no. I spent a thousand dollars on this gun. It's supposed yeah. to shoot it, laser beams. Uh, they're <laughs> all their heads. I glad they were like they got bro, all of them. Bro, bro, I'm shooting laser beams, four hundred yards, <laughs> right in the chest. But uh, <laughs> but 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 it's all about like that. Like, and, and, but that's that comes back to like play like you mean to win like play hard because yeah because why not that's the point of the game yeah. you're immersed you're having fun you're doing this cool thing with your friends you're 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 putting this together but guess what sometimes someone else is gonna put in a little bit of more work with their friends and they're gonna roll your ass and at the end of the day all you can do is laugh about it and say god damn that was a good gunfight yeah yeah or, or they're just lucky and the yeah. you get that one bb shot to your fucking collarbone and you're just like son of a bitch dude it Reality is the terminal check for whether or not you whether or not you're as prepared as you think you are, and not only that, but also whether or not you're as fucking lucky as you need to be. Because even like the best CQB tactics in the goddamn world don't hold up if one guy in a corner gets a shot off first. Yes. Yeah. No, and well, it's the same thing with uh, one of my best firefights I had at Zulu was actually one that I lost. It was a yes. great time. I had a great engagement, but you were in there too. It's mm -hmm. when we were doing that uh, flanking maneuver, and then the other group brought like half a platoon down on Oh, God, us. yeah, we got fucked up. Yeah, but it was a great firefight. Yeah, there, I mean, it was like, what, 10 of us against like 40? Yeah. So <laughs> that's one of those situations where like, no shit, probably going to lose. Yeah. That's reality. Every 
But it was a great time. Yeah. So it's good. It's good in airsoft, at least. Go ahead. Another emphasis is that the gameplay is not just kill death ratio, but it's also that team movement. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So leadership super important. Yep. Um, I see in the notes here we're supposed to talk about leadership. Milsom West. Thanks. <laughs> no, I think we should uh, move more towards the All event right. you're running yes. at the field. Yeah. 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 Here you guys are measuring laser <laughs> intensity and well, power. Yeah, laser oh, checks. Before that, before that. I can tell you my opinion about it, but I won't until we're, we're all done. But you are the only production group right now. Yeah. For now, yes. That I know that's checking laser intensity or, yep. or, or whatever. So, so we, have, uh, we have some you know, meters that will actually measure the milliwatt output of different laser devices. And the reason we do that is because, to, to put it bluntly, it's an oversight on the part of many airsofters is I think, you know, airsofters be like, oh, well, I'm wearing my eye protection, so my eyes are safe from airsoft beams. It's like, cool. But then you got that guy who, like, found a fell off the back of the truck 50 milliwatt PEC-15, and those can cause permanent eye damage. Sure. And I don't want to be holding the insurance policy when somebody makes a claim for laser eye damage. <laughs> And also, there's a huge misconception in the industry about understanding how lasers work and how they're potentially dangerous. Uh, A lot of people to this day assume that, well, I can see it. It doesn't look that bright. It's not going to hurt my eyes. It's not a big deal. And they don't they don't get it. They they just don't get it. Well, I think I think the the acronym laser in general uh, includes like concentrated light beams, you know, like like that's part of the acronym. Uh, But what I've also heard and this I could be wrong. What I've also heard and also done research on is that it takes like quite a bit of exposure to actually do damage to the. Have you found it depends on the wavelength and the power? So basically, depending on the wavelength and depending on the power, takes how much exposure it is until it becomes permanently damaging to the eye. Okay. Uh, Not to mention that cumulative damage can also be a thing. Exactly. Over many, yeah, over many. Yeah, correct. So what we, when we're saying eye safe lasers, no laser is truly eye safe they can all cause some form of damage at pretty much any power output that you're going to see eye safety is calculated on the likelihood of causing damage during an amount of exposure that's why you know for visible lasers the eye safe limit is five milliwatts correct is a five milliwatt laser for the amount of time it can be in your eyes before the blink reflex is going to cause you to like you know look away you know that's okay so so what so what is the what is the five milliwatt blink response or whatever like in terms of time i don't i don't know it's just it's what the fda is calculated oh, okay but it, it's uh it's that's the th- other thing lasers are a regulated product under the fda and there's a lot of thing there's a thing that a lot of people don't know but the fda regulates lasers and a lot of airsoft retailers could get in a lot of fucking trouble for selling lasers that aren't eye safe because that shit carries fines yeah so wait the fda that's a food and drug yes. administration yes right? yes yes they regulate lasers because they're considered medical devices. Correct. Have you ever looked into? <laughs> have you ever looked into a laser? It's the best fucking high. Ever. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, the best thing so, I've ever done. So, but that's where that's where you get into like you know for visible lasers, five milliwatts is considered the eye safe limit because the amount of time that the FDA is determined, you know, whatever. So what you, is what is the actual amount of time for direct exposure for a five milliwatt? I think milliwatt it's like laser? I think it's like 0. 0.2 seconds. Oh yeah, that's it's small. it's literally like a quarter second. That's yeah. small. And and then for that's enough. 
Yeah, it's just like glances and you blink like that. That's yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why okay. that's all it takes. And that and if you just stare into it, that's it. you're already doing well, you're damage. Yeah. It, but yeah. But then with IR lasers, that's where you get into the danger because for IR lasers, not the blink. human eye technically can't perceive it. So you don't know to look away. So for IR lasers, the FDA limit is three quarters of a millilot. Correct. So now, uh, how often did you run into that with uh, Overture? So at Overture, actually, we really did not have an issue with the laser check because you tell people you're doing it ahead of, ahead of time, right? Yeah. So people who have like the high power, you know, whatever crazy lasers, all of those come with the blue training screw. Yeah. You put that in and that's meant for force on force training. So it brings it down to eye safe. Yeah. And then you buy like, you know, hollow sun lasers are all FDA eye safe. Yeah. The Somo gear lasers for the vast majority of them have an FDA eye safe mode. Uh, the D balls that you can buy as a civilian on the commercial market, all FDA eye safe. So people think that like the eye safe laser thing is going to be a bigger problem than it is until they test their laser and realize, oh, wait a minute, half these have an eye safe mode. Yeah. yeah, really the problem that you run into and basically the only people we had to tell no is when you buy those like $50 PQs off of eBay and they're like, this is fine, right? And it's like a solid beam in the daylight and we're like, no, 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 it's not okay. So realistically- Where can there... I get one of those packs? <laughs> 50 bucks? That's cheaper so, than the Airsoft ones. So so for the average Airsoft, Airsoft player, when they go to a, a random Airsoft store and buy a pack, would you say that they're- what they're buying is I safe or not? It's usually not. Uh, because G&P, for really? example, is notorious for having like... So we we actually tested a G&P uh, D-ball. And the G&P D-ball that we tested was 20 times the FDA iSafe <laughs> oh, limit. Shit. And the potential damage isn't a linear scale. It's exponential. So to me... So the more, expo yeah. so the more exposure you have, like the, like the curve just... Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 you know, for our, for our end, it's like, okay, well, we don't want to, we became aware of this issue and ethically, we don't want to host a game and let this slide Yeah, because there's no reason because, because then like, Hey, What's what the if the insurance like? company, you know, gets a claim that somebody's eye was damaged by a laser and they look through our back catalog of videos and know that we've talked about this. Yeah. Like there, there's just no world in which the risk reward ratio of not regulating lasers made sense. Also, the only reason you need a laser is for night vision. That's it. That's the only reason you really need. You can argue, you know, some of the visible laser daylight if you want to. You don't really need it. it it's not necessary. So if you can afford night vision, you can afford an iSafe laser because you can get an iSafe laser for a hundred dollars. Well, if you bought like a two thousand dollar night vision you can afford Truth? that's cheap yeah well that's yeah, right exactly that's right exactly if you can afford the you know the cheaper the two thousand dollar night vision setup right you can afford the hundred dollar laser there's no excuse well here's 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 my argument right anybody using ir lasers right now in airsoft is 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 five years behind the curve yeah passive aiming is passive aiming is the, more, is, the, more is, the, is the meta Dude, that's so the one thing I wanted to bring up. It's like Yeah. If yep. you're if you're using a laser, all you're doing is fucking your team right now. Yeah. Yep. Like that's all you're yeah. doing. So everything right now in Airsoft is thermal, which you can't beat. Or yep. Yeah, or, you can't beat thermal. Or dual tube where you're passively aiming through your fucking real Eotech with yep. a goddamn IR. Like yep. like if you're using lasers, you are the noob at this point. Yeah. Kinda, like, yeah. You, you really are. And, like, to, and to put it bluntly, the super powerful lasers that have a lightsaber that tracks gun that's hurting you more than it's yeah, helping you yeah it really is it, it's 
it's it's literally like you're doing more harm to your group using a IR laser than you could ever fucking imagine. I mean, we picked on the, up on this shit like three years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We started, all of us started passive aiming and it was like, it was cheating. And and, that, and that's exactly why, you know, the other thing too is, you know, we're, we're plugged in enough on that because all of us own night vision, which is the other reason is like, hey, all the staff has night vision, so don't try to sneak your laser through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the other thing is all of us own night vision enough to know because we had a few people who were like, uh, if you're enforcing the laser limits, then me and my guys aren't going to come to the game because we all have to have our lasers and our lasers are nice. If you guys, please, we have night vision, but we can't afford any lasers. So, um, uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm literally like, okay, uh, get good. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's, to tell you. It's don't go so, to night games. You, it's you so easy. Play with night stuff? What if they promise that they won't aim at anybody's face? Oh, can I do oh that? My can, I, can I promise? What if they're the exception? No, no, well, no. no but, look, but I did we've training had, We on, had someone I, offer to be like, well, I just won't put the battery in. We're like, no. No, no, that no. no, no, no. <laughs> well, question here then. If you're measuring IR lasers, are you measuring, measuring IR illuminators? IR illuminators. Yeah, but illuminators are dispersed light. IR illuminators are tricky because we do try to... The laser is the main priority, right? Yeah. But illuminators are so dispersed the that is the, yeah, the potential for eye damage is lower. Very low. But obviously, it's not zero. It's, it's not zero. zero. It's so very low. You have devices I, I mean, like the, the, the Pec-15 where the IR mm -hmm. illuminator is adjustable for yeah, but basically the, the Pec-15, the majority of them are pretty low powerful. Obviously, if you get the military yeah, okay, ones with like the full the power mode, one. but those have the screws. Yeah. The only exception, I think, does the RAID have the screws, Ian? The RAID, yes. Yeah. You're able to actually Okay, so yeah. that's really that that particular unit is the only real weakness to our chrono system right now and I did not see there was none of them at at overture. Yes. Yeah, you're not going to see. How many motherfuckers are actually going to have that kind of? My MVGs are twelve thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's one of the, <laughs> so it's one of those things where like, you know, we we do this because we we can't, in good conscience, run a game while we're aware of this issue. Yes. And right. not have something to mitigate that issue. So now, so I have to ask you this: like, like, what is your system? How are you? Like, like, what is the device that you're using? Because I feel like you can literally get laser meters on Amazon. So that's what you're using. You're I, using I'm using not, I'm meters. not shitting you. We, we just use a standard like laser, laser measuring device, and you just know the bandwidth that different lasers operate in. But we also have, I mean, we're very lucky. Uh, we have a friend who works in a uh, a medical lab capacity. Yeah. And he, uh, for overture, especially, he yeah. brought out a medical grade laser measuring device so is this is this something that maybe you know maybe this is a product that fucking gun gamers can provide uh, i mean it, it, like, it's it's a product that you know we can we can definitely provide awareness of because it, it's well, not our I product mean, I just, you know, i'm just trying to say yeah, yeah, yeah. capitalist I, I appreciate society. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Capitalist yeah. society because literally you guys are the only ones i've we've had comments questions all this sort of shit and and always our response maybe negligently was like the amount of exposure mm -hmm. that you're gonna get 
from any laser to your fucking eye is milliseconds. Mathematically, the odds of a problem are very low. Yeah. It's just that the odds of a problem aren't zero, so we didn't, again, we couldn't in good conscience run our games Correct. not doing what and, we And there are some people who run, like, um, someone brought in Islid out. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. There, in good conscience, there was just there's no reason to allow it, especially because if you want to run lasers and you have the night vision, you can afford the laser. So there's I don't know, but I, I spent can't twelve thousand on my night vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of money, man. Yeah. I can't even run tracer. Units. Oh, jeez. Do you want to talk about fucking controversy? Jesus Christ. Yeah. People don't like tracer units. Oh my guy. Uh, are we going down this path? We're going no. Oh, path. let's send it. Tracer uh, units. We yeah. talked about lasers. Let's talk about tracer oh my units. My God. I have so many attrition questions. Well, okay, we'll get to uh, that. So, so because of my own uh, inferiority complex and you know innovation that type of shit. So, so, so half of half of Zulu is during the day. Half of Zulu during, is during the night. Right. Mm. So no MVG night games would be like fucking 50 people and they'd be like, we can't see anything. This is fucking stupid. And then the MVG night games would be like, oh, we, oh I just want to play against fucking people. So, oh, God. It's true. Well, it was infuriating. infuriating oh, at no point in time could players be happy because when we no, tried to there run was games no, there was together, no... we would split up the player base. So dudes with nods were playing yeah. with dudes with no nods and it was equal. We would count how many thermals, how many nods, and we would split them up. Yeah. But then it would be this vicious process where the first game is as the sun's going down, everybody's really happy, they're having a good time, it's cool, we're about to play at night. Yeah. Yep. The second game, they're like, oh, this is really fun, because like, the dudes with nods are just dunking on everyone without night vision. And by the third game, all the dudes with no nods are grumpy, and it's only 9 o'clock, and they're going home. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And the dudes with night vision are now like, oh, I just, I don't want to just play against dudes with night I don't want to shoot my own Like, team. this is the challenge. It's, like, I don't want No, that's that. just like video gaming. They just want to they just want to stomp on the lessers and then well, they're confused. But that's the thing. I used so to say you... like like but anyway, from a business standpoint, it's not good, right? So, we're trying to innovate and and we did a thing where we were just like, hey, uh, no MVGs. But, yeah. But everybody's got to have tracer units. Okay. And it was the coolest that sounds game. like a blast. Yeah, oh I mean that sounds awesome. God, yeah. it was the coolest shit ever. So we're we're steadily working towards a night game. We're gonna do a couple more uh, in the beginning of this season where it's just you know trade. And everybody's like, you can't force people to have traces. You're, you're right. You could just not show up. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. no one's forcing yeah, you to yeah, come to the game. You to. But what we want to do is get to a point where NVGs. Absolutely, will have an advantage because of course you can't. But when you fire, yep, correct. That helps brings instant balance for the people who don't have yeah. that vision. Yeah, it, and it's it's not going to be a huge balance. It's going to be something, but but It'll it's help. gonna it's gonna stop the it's gonna stop the target shooting at night. Because I, I I think I told the guys that particular night I was like, if you want to go shoot targets, just do it in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the well, some people too, are power players, and they just want to prove that they can stomp with better equipment. Why at Zulu Twenty Four Night Game? Well, it, it, like, and, and how it, some people like and that games. is what it is. It's it's power gamers. It's people who want to min max and and feel like they have you know every advantage. And, and I, I get that you know, <sighs> but 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 I've done those, those things for real, and and all those advantages only equate to tools. Yes. Because yes. because those people that you're fighting know about those advantages, and they they. 
They circumvent those exhaust lights fans. really balance NVGs. So we have that like the whole lower field with the stadium lights. Last, yeah. We did a night game. Uh, Jojo was reffing. Jojo had a brilliant idea. He's gonna put everybody with night vision on one team and everybody without night vision on the other team. Except for the people with the night vision spawned looking at the light. Yep. Yeah. So we were fighting oh, yeah, against the difference. stadium lights. Yeah. 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 That was the first time that night where I was like, I, I feel unsafe. I was yeah. like, anything yeah, can happen. The other right thing now. there too is by doing this tracer. The whole tracer thing, you can also push it in the direction of we're trying to make the player base better because, yes, night vision will always have an advantage, but if you're not using night vision and you're playing with a group, that one person with night vision cannot kill everyone in your group without you seeing where he's shooting. Them. Exactly. Yeah. So by pushing them to There's play There's a chance. Group, There's a chance. Pushing them to actually There's work together and cooperate, you're it, making a better player base. It also allows the people with night vision to be a force multiplier by having that visible indicator of, Hey, they're follow my tracers. Like literally, you know, fucking uh, Captain America, <laughs> Captain follow, America, follow, follow my, my tracers. tracers. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, but that's the thing. It, it, you know, one of the things that I think is uh, is a big pet peeve of mine is that so many groups are so insular and not willing to try to work with uh, oh my other players. God. Oh my! God. And it, and it's um. Oh and I think God. having <laughs> those new players are the future oh of this game. Exactly. So a, many people don't get that. Player, if you look at a first timer, that kid that this is their first op, and you treat them like garbage. You're wrong because they are the people that are going to keep this sport alive. Otherwise, okay. we're going to turn into paintball. Well, are no, we, and that's are we why ready for also, a hot take. Yeah. Oh. Well, hang on, hang on. I want to throw this yeah, out here yeah, first. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. All right. The, one of the reasons why we made the rental player package is because we wanted someone who was relatively new to the hobby to come in at a competitive level that they're not going to get stomped at, and they can show up at a national level event and they can have a good time. Well, and and you know what? Uh, you know what that includes. A tracer unit. It doesn't include a tracer <laughs> oh, yeah. unit. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that for any reason other than the fact that they're fun? No. Oh, it it is literally to help them at night. We gotcha. Well, because well, also yeah. bear in mind, you know, when you're shooting at night, right, you know, airsoft, airsoft guns shoot like shit, right? Yeah. Like, we, we are all oh. familiar with that. You follow your BB. You, like, kind of use your iron sights to get an idea of where you're going, but you're following the BBs. Well, unless you're novice and... As long as it's like if it's within the width of my top rail, then yeah, yeah. we don't need any sights or anything. So, like so we, I shoot a Sistema, so it's pretty accurate. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but we do include the tracer unit because it's like at night, excuse me, at night being able to like know where your BBs are going is a huge advantage. Absolutely, and it's a coordination tool. So okay. so we we want people to you know use things like that, and, and I think tracer units uh, do improve night play. I personally use a tracer unit as much as I can for night play because you know even under night vision. Um, I like being able to cool see where shit. my babies are going. It looks fucking dope. I was at a game, the first game I ever used night vision at. I had my tracer unit on my rifle, and I was, you know, working in a building, and this dude comes around a corner on me and thinks he's going to get the drop of me, and I put three BBs in his chest for my tracer unit, and I see the BBs hit the metal mags he's got in his chest rig and break. Oh. So I just see glowing chunks of plastic like splattering against his that's, fucking mags. Yeah. I'm like, that's the coolest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and on that day, his and that's dick why. grew three inches. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why you don't wear AR-500 plates. <laughs> no, I, 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 I routinely use tracers at night even though i don't have to right yeah because they're sick they're cool well, shit yeah. i mean one of our most popular fucking shorts on 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 youtube is is eric vandervars getting hit in the face with a fucking tracer <laughs> unit <laughs> and it fucking breaks apart like yeah. like that's fucking cool as shit yeah it's cool so are you gonna need night vision for that game you're running a zulu 
Attrition. Yeah. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, fucking Jamie. We got more. I don't know. I think that was a brilliant segue. Yeah. That, that was, was good, actually. That was yeah, a really yeah. good segue. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So attrition, right? Yeah. So attrition coming up here. Uh, February 4th, 2023 at Zulu 24 Airsoft. Attrition presented by Gun Gamers Productions. Pretty good. Can you do the EA Sports? I hope you know that's becoming a clip. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> EA Sports. It's in the game. It's in the game. Do you want me to do the version where it's just all the E? Yeah. E E E E E. Now that we're filming, do the Metal Gear one. Yeah, no. Colonel. I'm trying to sneak around, but I'm dummy thick, and the clap of my ass cheeks is blurring the guards. (laughs) 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 Guys, it sounds way better through the headphones. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's over. Armbands, cold weather gear, go. Okay, so... Yeah, for attrition is odd for us because normally, you know, we try to do the uniform restrictions thing, right? Sure. Where we try to have the uh, obvious IFF, but we're running a 12-hour game where we don't want people going back to their car. And while that shouldn't be that hard, in my opinion, it is one of those things that, like we were talking about earlier, a lot of airsofters come into airsoft from gaming scenes and from uh you know being i mean you know we talk bitch it's fine listen i'm shitting on myself as much as anybody else if you come into airsoft the way i did you know 15 years ago you're not fucking ready if you don't have like good cold weather gear yes um weakness it's called weakness yeah 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 it's called better yeah it's called not being a serious outdoorsman yeah um Shameless plug. Uh, I know a really convenient store that's located on site with Zulu 24. I don't know. Is it called Zulu Outdoor? They no, do no, have no, cold weather the, gear. I think it's called. Uh, I can't they remember. sell merino wool socks. I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember that. And merino wool base layers. That's base. Anyway, so. <laughs> but, but the reason we did yes, armbands uh, for attrition is because, and that's why we had the supplemental document, right? Because it is different from our standard rules. But the reason we did that is because we just want people to be able to use their best cold weather gear. And it is like outside of the realm of what you would normally do for airsoft IFF to have the armbands, yeah. but also with the platoon and squad level coordination that we shoot for with our games, I do think IFF is also going to be easier in that aspect of, hey, you should roughly know where your faction is and what targets you're moving to contact with. You got a lot of... I do, I do have a lot of faith in airsofters, yeah, yeah. but You're but we hired lot. some really incredible people to be the staff for this game. Yes. So I place my faith in them, and those people, I think, are going to do a good job of making sure that nobody is too sorry. Ooh, so that, that leads right into the last topic here, man. Like, what the fuck is your relationship with Milsom West, man? These motherfuckers. So, so Milsom West seems to get, like, I don't want to say the best of the best, but they... They got some people that know what the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. How the fuck are you involved in that? Uh, so, to put it bluntly, uh, several members of the Gun Gamers team are Milson West Cadre, uh, including myself for Insurgency Games now, actually. Good for um, you. And I also, you know, have worked with Josh and Jet for like Desert Fox games, and you know, a bunch of our guys have worked with uh, Milson West. So that's the link. It is to to put it bluntly. Nobody else has been as big of a connection and supporter 
for the gun gamers team in general in the airsoft industry as Milsom West. Uh, yeah, outside of gun gamers itself, it, that's really where it falls quickly. That's insane. I would think that, like, man, you guys would be, like, fucking super huge for having, like, a, a Milsom West connection like that, man. It, I, was, I, was, I was looking at, uh, I was watching a bunch of videos, yeah. you know, in preparation for this, and I was just like, man, every, every one of their fucking leadership has got them Milsom West cadre. I, I think the, the closest we've ever gotten is, like, like uh, in the shop right now. So in the shop right now, we have a staff member who also happens to work for Milsom. Yeah, like, yeah, like, like barely, like, like we're like just tapping into that. Well, and and the thing is, it's um, you know, we're we're very involved in that community. Uh, you know, we we've, you know, ever since Caspian Gap in 2016, that was my first Milsom West, and uh, and several of the other Gun Gamers team members. Uh, but ever since that, uh, we've just continuously been going to those games. We've been big fans of the format. Uh, I have a lot of respect uh, professionally and personally like for Josh and the Milson West team yeah. because I do think they changed a lot of the paradigm of the way we look at Airsoft game design. Sure. And I think working with those guys in all the different capacities we have ha has just fostered you know, both a personal and professional relationship where we get along really well, uh, we enjoy working with each other, and, and then you know we've got that connection of also being able to, I, I hate to say it, but harvest skill building from leadership at those games where we go to those games, we put our best foot forward, and we, you know, you're talking about becoming proficient earlier, but part of becoming proficient is getting repetitions and doing things, and we try to apply you know, the leadership skills you need to maintain people in the field for 40 hours who you might not have ever met before. Uh, but we try to apply those leadership skills when we come back and say, okay, now we're doing our airsoft games that aren't 40 hours and, you know, but we still do the issued ammo and stuff. And now you apply those leadership skills uh, or skills on our scale. Yeah. And it translates so well that, you know, we very intentionally try to cultivate a player base that understands playing in that way on that level because it translates well to bringing players who maybe Gun Gamers Productions is their first bigger game. Maybe Gun Gamers Productions is their first time messing with issued ammo. Maybe Gun Gamers Productions is their first time working within like a hard and set chain of command. So now we want to use the skills we've cultivated from you know the most hardcore Milsim game in America that is very challenging, but then you use those challenges to build a skill set that you can apply to what we think is the best day of airsoft we can put on. Sure. So it it winds up being a connection, not just in like, oh, we share player base because we we've actually had like a lot of Milson West players come to our uh, come yeah. to our games over the years, not just for like since Gun Gamers Productions, but like since other games we put on. But uh, we we actually had a couple of uh, Milson West players say that Overture was harder than one of the Milson ah. West games they go to because because like it's twelve Shh, hours of nonstop. Shh, don't say that. Shh. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know, obviously, like the sustainment aspect is totally different. But like in yeah, terms yeah. of just the the nonstop go operational yeah. tempo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so I think it's cool to be able to gather that realm of experience and put it all in a really cool place where everybody can bring their skills to the table and raise the bar of what's possible with airsoft games sure which is tough to do so i think we're going to wrap it up at this point uh kyle let me give you a, a quick second to you know throw out anything you need to want to throw out 
Ooh, that's, yeah. uh, I would say we should no. talk about the rest of our games this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, so that. we have two other games that we're going to be hosting this year. We're going to be hosting Incursion, and that's going to be June third at Action Sports Wisconsin. So we're going all the way out to Wisconsin Jeez. for our next game. It's going to be a heck of a haul. We're real excited. We we've met some people out there already, and we're going to be heading out there soon to kind of get a good feel for it and play it a bit. And then the other one we're going to be hosting, which is going to be our big event, which we're super excited about. It's going to be at Ben Franklin Range on seven twenty nine, and then that's going to be uh, that's going to be our capstone event. We're going to have vehicles there. Oh, we're going to right be doing on. all kinds of crazy stuff. It's an amazing facility. It's eleven hundred acres, and we're actually going to be the first place to use it for an airsoft game. Oh, right on. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having us on. This was yeah, uh, super no cool. And if you, in the meantime, are looking for a short-term airsoft fix, go ahead and look up Attrition here at Zulu24. Uh, we are looking forward to not just Attrition, but also potentially uh, future iterations of Winter Games because... Uh, you know, we, we've talked about some stuff, and we talked about some stuff on the did. way here, and we, we have dumb ideas, and we're very excited to show you guys the way that we want to play Airsoft, and hopefully you'll have fun playing it too. <laughs> Hold on real quick, boys. Eric, do me a favor and just plug your social media. I'm going to put it all on screen, but for anyone Eric. listening... Uh, sure. So anyway, you can find Gun Gamers and Gun Gamers Productions on Facebook uh, on the name Gun Gamers. You can find us on YouTube under Gun Gamers or Gun Gamers Media if you use that at thing that no one's using yet. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Gun Gamers, and you can find us on our website at GunGamersProductions.com. That was clean, dude. Roger that. Roger that. Stop. Guys, I just Stop. want to say a big thank you if you've made it this far. It's like probably three hours into this. <laughs> uh, Closer to five. You know, okay, five hours into this, whatever yeah, it is, uh, this is our first episode, so you know, you know, give us some leeway back and forth, but uh, but also check out everybody that's been here today. 